Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. Not going to lie to you, today I'm coming into this podcast with a little bit less energy, a little bit lower energy. The reason why, I'm watching one of the worst games of the season, Washington versus the Bears. Horrible game. Terrible game. Don't watch it if you haven't already watched it. I'm watching it right now. I'm not going to be casting it. I'm only going to be talking about it somewhat. Going to be talking about some other things that happened this Sunday. Monday is a day that I like to catch up on some of football stuff that happened this week. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Bears. We're going to talk about the Cowboys. We're going to talk about those doggone Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to talk about everything. And then to end the podcast, I'm going to talk about Sony's newest event coming tomorrow at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, the new PlayStation experience. Supposedly, the PS5 is supposed to be released during, I think, not released, but announced during that time. Obviously, hundreds of leaks, hundreds of articles have been out about the PS5. We'll talk about that and much, much more. Right here on 24's Podcast! Oh, boy. What's the the score? What's the score? 31-15 final. Bears at Washington. You know, I kind of question why the NFL schedules primetime games if nobody wants to watch them. And, And it's weird. It's like... The owners are like, why aren't why aren't our primetime games making any mo- money? Why aren't the primetime games making doing making as much revenue as some of the regular season games? Why is Sunday night football not very good? Let me turn on my AC and I'll tell you why none of those things are happening for you. Turn it on just a little bit. The reason why all of these games, especially this game that I'm watching. There are, and by the way, this game actually started off pretty good, but it also ended off, it ended with the Bears scoring 21 points in the second quarter. I'm, I'm in the second quarter right now. Mitchell Trubisky had three touchdowns, one interception. Case Keenum, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, and by the way, Washington's field goal kicker apparently can't kick a field goal. Just absolutely a blowout. I mean, pretty much, I'm looking at the box score right now, and they scored, the Bears scored zero points in the third quarter and three points in the fourth quarter. I had to double check. I literally double checked that. I'm like, what just happened? By the way, the first touchdown of the, of the, of the, by check this haha clinton dicks that's his actual name haha clinton dicks i'm not making that up his real name is haha clinton dicks full name one of the weirdest names i've ever said in my entire life 
He had a pick six against his former team, Washington, currently playing for the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, um, he, he had a good game. Three touchdowns, one interception. 25 of 31, pretty good stats. I'm not gonna lie to you, during that first quarter, he looked god awful. He he had except for except he obviously had he was eight for nine for fifty-seven yards, but I mean they, they didn't move the ball that much. But he did go three touchdowns, one interception. I mean, borderline, it's worse it, what what is going on in the NFL? A lot of the teams are just getting some of these teams are getting blown out. Like ridiculously blown out. To the point in which it's like I I, I question if some of these teams are actually trying to play and win. Jesus Christ, man. 31-15 in a prime time slot. And it's just not an interesting game. Washington lost it by halftime. The Bears stunk it up for the rest of the half. Zero points in the third quarter. Four points is three points in the fourth quarter. Just a terrible game to watch, and I'm watching it right now. So owners, you constantly say, well, we want to make more money, so how do we make more money? Well, let's add 18 games into the regular season, or 17 games into the regular. You hear all these people saying, giving these like suggestions of, well, let's add more games into the regular season. Obviously, that's going to generate more revenue for us. And in reality, what people don't understand is the root issue, the root problem. The root problem is, is that these games that we're watching on primetime, they suck. Why would, I, why would I watch this game if these two teams suck? I don't, I don't know if the Bears are making the playoffs. They are now 2-1, and one. Washington is 0-3, oh and, and you put these two on primetime. These are the teams that you put on prime. This could have been... Let me look at this this weekend's schedule. Last weekend's schedule. Let me look at it. Frick, man. It, I'm getting sick and tired of it. The owners ask the question of... Why are some of these teams... Why are we not making as much money? Why aren't we making more money on the NFL? We need to increase our revenue. So they go for the obvious way because they don't understand how football works they don't understand that fans are going to tune into more football games as the product is good so what they do is they say well let's just put in a bunch more games and that's going to solve the revenue issue in reality look at what you're putting on prime time titans at jags rams at browns bears at washington those are your prime time games for this week when in reality, on Thursday night football, you could have had Titans at Chargers. On Sunday night, you could have had Saints versus Seahawks. And on Monday night, you could have had Ravens at Chiefs. I'm not making this up. Th- these games were played in this exact in, in this week. The Saints at Seahawks were a a 3 o'clock game, the Chargers, not the Chargers, the Ravens and Chiefs were a 12 o'clock game, and the Chargers and the Texans were a 3 o'clock game. Titans at Jags instead, Rams at Browns instead, and Bears at Washington instead. These are your Sunday night football games. These are your Monday night football games. 
But then going back to last week, and I was complaining about it last week, your Monday night football game was Browns at Jets. Eagles at Falcons. Actually kind of a good game this season going into it, but when you think about it, but it, it's like it, Matt Ryan is a terrible quarterback. Maybe he's not a terrible quarterback. He just doesn't win you football games. He, he's a good. He has four. He has like eight or nine four thousand seasons, four thousand yard seasons, and like thirty plus touchdowns in some of those seasons. But at the same token, like his team barely goes to the playoffs in most years. And you also, by the way, Thursday night football week two is Bucks at Panthers. Those are fun games. Those are games that people are begging the NFL to watch. Great job. So for me, I look at I look at this schedule. We the first three weeks have j- just been absolutely atrocious when it comes to your prime time slots. There are some matchups, like um, obviously the matchups that I just ran uh, talked about that are that are not prime time slots that would do great in prime time, and you could literally. Here's what I would do if I was the NFL. If I was the in, in this situation. You could literally say, we're going to relegate the um, the Bears versus Washington to 12 o'clock games. The, the 12 o'clock games easily are going to be Bears at Washington, Titans at Jags. 12 o'clock games, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? But what we're also going to do is, on top of the three games that I listed that should have been the primetime selections, the Ravens at Chiefs, the Saints at Seahawks, the Titan, the Texans at Chargers, we're also going to move some of the teams up from those 12 o'clock games to the 3 o'clock games, games that we probably know are going to be either fun or entertaining, maybe potential blowouts, Vikings at Raiders, Jets at, or yeah, Jets at Patriots, Dolphins at Cowboys. You know, you could move some of these games up. Really, you could even say, you know, we're going to move up the 49ers Versus the Steelers. We can move that game up as well. Because that was a good game. But instead. No. Bears at Washington. Rams versus Browns. Titans at Jaguars. Those are primetime selections. And the NFL has a stupid rule. A participatory rule. Where it's like every single team has to have a primetime game. Because every single fan base. They want to see their team on primetime. Which I don't, I don't get at all. No they don't. What's, what's the difference between Monday night football and Thursday night football? Because really there isn't a whole lot besides who casts the game. Like, like there's, the viewing experience is probably a little bit different, but for the most part, it's the same, it's the same broadcast. You know, you have your favorite broadcasters and analysts, Troy, Tony, uh, Joe Buck, Jim Nance, Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels. You would want your team to be casted by them, but it, 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 it listen. If the football sucks, the football sucks. It's just that simple. If the football is terrible, the football is terrible. I just saw one of the worst blown coverages I've ever seen in my entire life in the red zone by Washington. I, I don't get what happened. I mean, you have I think a wide receiver be matched up on Taylor Gabriel matches up against a linebacker. Jesus Christ, man. I think it was, they were running like, they were running, I, I don't know what the proper term is, but I think it's like, they were running a bunch of crossing routes. You know, the defense didn't properly adjust. Mitchell Trubisky, he's a running quarterback, so he could either run or throw it. Taylor Gabriel came across the formation. 
nobody was on him. I mean, really, really, Trubisky, to be honest with you, he had the inside and, the, and he had the outside, if I'm honest with you. They had a stacked formation. I think they were trying to look... I think Washington's defense played this so terribly, man. They had a stacked formation to the right. They switched the running back over to the right. I think Tariq Cohen put him out on the right. They have one, two, three, four, five Washington players against three Bears, and it's just an absolute blown coverage. Taylor Gabriel comes across the formation. Really, Trubisky, he had both the in, he had both inside and outside leverage if he really wanted it to, if he really wanted it. He could go inside, he could go outside. He decides, let me go outside in the flat to pretty much Taylor Gabriel and let me score a doggone touchdown. 31-15 primetime game. And you know what? I get it. There's a lot of fan bases in the league. 32 fan bases, but let's be honest with us, with ourselves. Nobody wants to see the Dolphins in primetime. Do the Dolphins have a primetime game, ladies and gentlemen? I don't want to watch Washington in primetime. Does anyone want to watch Washington in primetime? I don't want to watch Washington in primetime. I don't want to watch any of these teams that are getting primetime games in primetime. When does the Dolphins... They better be playing the Patriots. That better be their primetime game. They better not be playing a less than five... I mean, look... Listen, listen to all of these Dolphins games, right? They're all, oh, they're playing the Steelers Sunday night. They're playing the Steelers Sunday night. Listen to all of these, listen to all of their schedules, right? So they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have pretty much their entire schedule is loaded with midday games because of how terrible they are. The NFL is trying to relegate them already, but they're not doing a great job. I don't know why they're not doing a great job. Because literally all of these other, my water bottle just fell, literally all of these other teams that you would expect, like Bears versus Washington, nobody wants to play, nobody wants to watch this game. Nobody wants to watch this game. Let me, let me count out how many bad, terrible, god-awful primetime games you've had within the season. And then I'm going to go into a prediction. I'm going to predict how many bad, terrible primetime games the NFL will have overall in the season. Let me get my paper. Let me get some paper. Let me get some notes here. Hold on. Let me get some. Well, I'm watching a bunch of advertising. Let me, let me get that. Let me get, let me get a piece of paper. Let me get my piece of paper. Let me get my sticky notes. So. Jesus Christ. Week one, Bears versus Packers. Terrible primetime game. And a lot of people were like, it's going to be like last year. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. You had the Saints. You had the uh, the Saints at... Te- you had the Texans at Saints. Pretty good primetime game. You had the Steelers at Patriots. Pretty good primetime game, even though it was an absolute blowout. Hold on. They're talking about Trent Williams. I'll get to him in a second. You got Broncos out Raiders, another terrible primetime game. So in week one, out of the four primetime games, you have two that are terrible. Bucks at Panthers, that's another one. Another one. You have Eagles at Falcons. That was that was an absolute snooze fest. Browns versus Jets. Alright. So in the first two weeks, you have five prime you have five bad fri- primetime games. The first two weeks. You have what? 
what is it? How many primetime games do you have in, in the first two weeks? I think it's, what, seven or eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have five, two primetime games in the first two weeks are good. Then you have Titans at Jags. That's a terrible one. That was god-awful. I remember watching it. I hated it. You got Rams at Browns. Snooze fest. I don't care what anyone says. It was a snooze fest. Terrible, terrible play calling by Freddie Kitchens. Then you got Bears versus Washington. Just another one. So we're in week three and you already have eight bad primetime games. And by bad primetime games, I mean they're bad to watch. They are terrible and a struggle for fans to watch. We're going down the entire list. But first, some issue, some information with Trent Williams, Washington's left tackle, star left tackle, Pro Bowl. He hasn't reported to the team this season. Two years remaining on a five-year deal. None of it's guaranteed. Salary not guaranteed next season, excuse me. Must be on roster for six-plus games to have a cured season. So look for him week 10, whenever whenever it's week 10 for Washington. I don't, I don't know. Washington apparently doesn't want to pay him. The owner, he doesn't want to pay him. They should, uh, the Washington, Bruce Allen, he does, the president, he doesn't want to pay him. Do I care? No, not really. Makes it way easier for us to sack him, for, to, for to, us to sack Case Keenum. And, and by the way, if you're wondering, Haskins didn't play at all. It was only uh, it was only Case Keenum, which, by the way, fourteen and zero. The game isn't out of reach with six fifty one left in the second quarter, but for some weird reason, the game does get out of reach. So you have Eagles versus Packers, pretty good primetime game. You have obviously Cowboys at Saints, pretty good primetime game. Bengals versus Steelers. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to say that's a pretty good primetime game because they obviously couldn't account for Ben Roethlisberger being out for the season, but I could certainly account for, obviously, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell not being on the team and the team being pretty bad. And it's perfectly fine if you, by the way, a good primetime game is having one team play really, really good. Slack... Playing great, essentially. But we'll see how good or how bad the Bengals versus the Steelers is. We'll see just how bad it is next week on Monday. Actually, literally a week from now. We'll see how bad or how good it is. That game is. But overall, this week we're going to have some... By the way, you know what? I'm going to say the Bengals versus Steelers isn't a good primetime game. Here's the reason why. Because I'm not watching it. (laughs) I'm I'm not watching it. I can't lie to you. If I'm not watching it, I don't think it's going to be a good primetime game. Usually, you want to watch and see a good primetime game. The Bears just got a, uh, a sack fumble on Case Keenum. Khalil Mack strip sacked. I mean, for some, what the hell did Case Keenum do? He held, he held the ball like he was about to throw it. He didn't pump. He just held the ball like he was about to throw it. And then he didn't throw it. He just stood there like a statue and let Khalil Max hit him in his face. What is Case Keenum doing? I, 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 I don't know. But I'm going to say the Steelers versus the Bengals is a bad primetime game. But hindsight 2020, 
obviously it would have been a, uh, when they were scheduling it, they were like Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, Juju versus the Bengals. It's going to be a pretty good primetime game because there's going to be a really, really good team in it. Now it's Mason Rudolph and I'm not watching it. Or at the very least, I'm going to treat it like I treat the uh, the Bears at Washington. And I'm going to watch the game later on, you know, with it being recorded and fast-forwarding through the game. So, Trubisky, he's in Washington's red zone. Like, no, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I haven't actually casted any of the game. So, there's a reason for that. It's because I'm not, I don't have the time, the patience, the effort to do it. Don't really care about the game. Don't really care about the actual record as a whole. Rams versus Seahawks. Pretty good primetime game. Colts versus Chief. Pretty good primetime game. Browns versus 49ers. Hindsight 2020. Baker, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan. That's a pretty good primetime game. I like that matchup. Two interesting teams. Don't sleep on the 49ers. They have one of the best defensive lines in the league, by the way. Don't sleep on the 49ers whatsoever. That's going to be a pretty good primetime game. You also check this out. The entirety of Sunday is... Nope. <laughs> I'm like, nope. I was about to say, some of their 3 o'clock games are loaded. The, the be- they aren't... The best game that a lot of people are probably going to be watching is Green Bay at Dallas next week. That's probably the best game of that day. Besides, obviously, Colts versus Chiefs, which I think is going to be a pretty interesting game as well. Week 6... Giants at Patriots, pretty good primetime game. It's going to be a blowout, but at least you get to see the Patriots blow out one team. I I attribute it to this. I attribute it to this, right? Would you rather have the Golden State Warriors play the Phoenix, Arizona, whatever they are, whatever Phoenix, Arizona, whatever their basketball team is, or would you rather have the New York Knicks? It's kind of like, if you can't pick, if you can't have a good game, you have to have at least one team, and in a good game, a lopsided game. Not a lopsided game, a, a competitive game. If you can't have a competitive game, then at least you want to have some great football. Not good, great. I redefined it. Not good, great football. And you also want to have a team that's... You want to have at least one team that plays good, great football. You don't want to have two teams that play bad football. And that's literally what most of the primetime games have been for the past couple of weeks. So I was talking about week six. I think the New York Giants versus the Patriots is going to be a good primetime game because I think the Patriots are going to play a good football game. Then you have Steelers at Chargers. Eh, eh. Am I going to watch that on Sunday night? Jesus Christ, man. I know the Steelers are on a playoff team, and I just said, like, great football. I don't know. I think I will watch it. But I won't be watching it closely. Lions versus Packers. Are you going to watch that game? It all depends on how Aaron Rodgers is playing. Because I'm not watching the Patriots defense. The the Packers defense. Chiefs at Broncos. Pretty good primetime game. Mahomes. Obviously Golden State. You know you want to watch Golden State versus uh, whatever beat up whatever team you want to attribute. Oh they got a really really good primetime week in week 7. Chiefs at Broncos, Eagles at Cowboys, Patriots at Jets. You got a lot of good football teams in that primetime lineup. I like it. I accept. Washington at Vikings. Eh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. 
Packers at Chiefs, Dolphins at Steelers. I haven't been keeping tabs on the bad primetime games. So let me uh let me go back. Bengals at Steelers, that's not a good primetime game. I ain't watching that. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't watching that. Uh let me go back all the way. I was in week five. Okay, okay, okay. Week six. Already counted the Steelers. Mmm. Detroit is actually Detroit. They've 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 taken some games now. They've won some. I may watch it. I may watch Detroit versus the Packers. Definitely not watching Steelers uh, versus Chargers. Then Week Seven, probably their best week for prime time. Washington at Vikings. That's a bad prime time. That's that's a good bad prime time game. We'll, we'll see how good we'll see my thing is it's like we'll see how good Kirk Cousins is as a football player but I'm pretty sure they got one bad prime yeah Dolphins at Steelers uh Monday night Sunday night is Packers versus Chiefs 49ers at Cardinals am I gonna watch that game I said great football for primetime selection it's one of those games that it has an interesting story. Kyle, Kyler Murray and what's-his-face, Jimmy Garoppolo, but is it going to be a good game? I think it's going to be heavy, lo- heavily lopsided towards the Cardinals, and I don't think the 40... 40- I think the 49ers are going to be... Not the 49ers. I think the Cardinals are going to be so bad that it's going to it's gonna have a, just this bad taste in your mouth. It's going to have a negative reflection of Sunday Night Football. It's just not going to be a good game to watch because I think of how bad the Cardinals will be so I'm gonna say that that's a bad game and I don't think the play of the 49ers is going to like offset the badness of the Cardinals and I love me some Kyler Murray but um he he needs time and he needs help Patriots at Ravens that's a pretty good primetime game and Dallas obviously at Cowboys is a pretty good primetime game Chargers Raiders pretty good primetime game I would watch it I would I like Phillip Rivers I don't like I don't like pretty much anything about the Raiders, but the Raiders they've they've kind of shocked some of the teams that they've played against. So I, you know, maybe maybe it's one of those games. We'll see. Vikings at Cowboys Sunday night. I mean, some of these doggone games. It's like this, this is this is the back nine, right? This is this is week ten. Vikings at Cowboys. That's a damn good primetime game. And then you got Seahawks 49ers again. Pretty good primetime game. So week 10, they have a, just a full roster of just good primetime games. A full sheet. I don't know why they were so bad in weeks 2 and 3. 1, 2, 3. Steelers at Browns. That's a crap shoot, man. That's, ugh. That. <sighs> Roethlisberger isn't playing in it. That's a bad primetime game. The Browns. I'm going to talk about the Browns after I talk about this. The Browns have just been. I, I said they were a playoff team, man. Boy, am I eating my humble, humble pie is getting slammed in my face right now, to be honest with you, I'm not eating my humble pie, I'm getting it slammed right in my face, I said they were a playoff team at the beginning of the season, Jesus Christ, Bears at Rams, that could be a potentially interesting primetime game, it kind of depends on how good the Rams play, week 10, week 12, week 11, excuse me, I don't really know, they don't, they don't really look that good to me. 
the Bears do. Not the Bears, the Rams do, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But would I watch it? Yeah, I would watch it. I would watch it. Chiefs versus Chargers. That's 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 a pretty good primetime game. Colts at Texans, pretty good primetime game. 49, no, 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 that's not, these aren't primetime games. Seahawks versus Eagles. They got, a, they got some pretty good primetime games. Seahawks at Eagles. Ravens at Rams. Those are two pretty prime, pretty good primetime games. Got to go on. Week 13. Bears at Lions. Uh-uh. I ain't watching that crap. I ain't watching that crap. Week 13. I ain't watching that one. I think it's just going to be such a snooze fest. I ain't watching that. Patriots at Texans and Vikings at Seahawks. Two very, very good primetime games. Bears at Cowboys, or Cowboys at Bears, pretty good primetime game. Jesus Christ. Seahawks at Rams, and then Giants versus Eagles. For me as a Cowboy fan, pretty good primetime game because you got two divisional rivals going at it. One's going to come out, you know, with more of a, one's going to lose. But if you're any, if you're not in the NFC East, if you don't care about the NFC East, it's not going to be a, a pretty good primetime game. It's going to be kind of a snooze fest. And I don't think the Eagles will play great. I think they may play good enough. They'll probably make some mistakes. I mean, doggone it. We'll see. The Giants, they have Daniel I'll talk about Daniel Jones in a second. But gosh darn it, man. I, I, I'm a Cowboy fan, so I'll watch it. But if I wasn't a Cowboy fan, I, w- I would not watch this game. So I'm going to say that's a pretty bad primetime game. Jets versus Ravens, pretty good primetime game. Saints, Colts versus Saints, Vikings versus Chargers, I think those are pretty good primetime games. Going into week 16, Rams versus uh, Rams versus 49ers, pretty good primetime game. Chiefs at Bears, pretty good. Packers at Vikings, pretty good. They also have, check this, See, uh, Cardinals at Seahawks and Cowboys at Eagles. Those are some pretty good games as well. Packers versus Lions. Wasn't this a Thursday night football game on the schedule somewhere? It was. It was the 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 Lions versus the um the Vikings. It wasn't the Packers versus the. I, I don't know. It wasn't the Packers versus the the Lions? It was the Vikings versus the Lions. So week 17, a lot of divisional rivals and matchups. So some of the, a lot of these games are going to be a whole bunch of crapshoots. And there is, there isn't really any Sunday night football. I think it's like Saturday. No, they don't have a Saturday. All, all of these games are going to be played on Saturday. So I count 14 bad primetime games. A lot of them being in the first half of the season. When the fans are excited again and they're excited to see and watch football and you miss out on your opportunity, man. You missed out. You could have had a lot more fans watching some of these primetime games, but Jesus Christ, man. Give me a freaking break. Help help a brother out. Help a G out. If you're going to have a terrible primetime game, doggone it, at least, at least give me something to watch. At least give me a good team to watch. You know? If, the, if, if I got to watch the Wizards... Then put on the Warriors or play them against the Warriors, the Lakers, the uh, the te- not the Texans, the Rockets. Someone interesting. Play them against an interesting team. Don't just 
give me a crap product and be like, here you go, fans. This is the teams that you want, right? Bears at Washington. No, I didn't ask for this. Who told you I wanted this primetime game? Because I certainly didn't. The giant media, the giants, the New York media, is going Google and Gaga for Daniel Jones, right? So Google and Gaga that check this out. Check how much I gotta say this. Switch switching sides. Let me find that song. Jesus Christ, Takashi Six or not Takashi Six Nine? What's his name? XXX Tendashion and Trippy Red. They made a song. I think it's called Sad. Hold on. No, 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 It wasn't. It wasn't that. What was the song? Switch inside, baby. Please don't take your... Oh, okay. It's Fuck Love. I'm like, why can't I remember the title of the song? And it's because, simply put, it's Fuck Love. It's literally the song title. This is the... This goes out to all New York-based media. Why are you switching sides? Why are you leaving me on an island? Why? They're leaving me on an island? I gotta talk about Daniel Jones now. Everyone's like, oh, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, he's Danning. He's now the man, M-A-N-N. Daniel Jones is Dantastic. They, They came up with all these stupid puns. Stop switching sides on me. I got the New York media just talking so much, so it's just saying, oh my god, the, the Daniel Jones is so fantastic. Let me play you what an NFL writer, and this lady, for some weird reason, this lady, I mean, she sounds she sounds so excited, she has this arrogant smirk on her face, and, and I'm just like, you probably were one of the persons that criticized the Giants drafting Daniel Jones. Stop switching sides. Have the courage of your convictions. Don't just be sheeple and freaking go along with the majority. Here, here's the lady on on Daniel Jones leads Giants to an 18 point comeback win in his first career start. They love their quarterback after the biggest comeback since Nixon was in office. Yeah, and, and he, pull, he pulled the, I'd call it a trifecta. I think it's a quadfecta. He is front and back page of the Daily News and the Post. This is the front of the New York Post. Dan O'Mite. I know this is great on TV. In this spot, I'm, I'm no, good at these uh, visuals. We got, uh, we got Whoa Danny Boy. Love it. And we got, this this one's my, this one's my favorite, and enunciation is very Mm, key here. Buck. Buck. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones is now the toast of this town. That's not surprising. You mentioned the comeback, not since 1970. Have the Giants come back from 18 points or more down? He, he, He led them yesterday, and he did so with some beautiful throws, some really good decision making, some terrific poise. I thought it was interesting on the game winner when the season, He's parted almost, and he had all that green grass in front of him, and ran in for the game-winning touchdown. You know, listen to that. Linebacker, listen, uh, listen to what she just said. The seas parted for him to run in for a touchdown. Does it, what? What? 
She's now using like a biblical. She what? What is going on with the New York media? What just happened? Everyone was like, "This is the worst pick since this is the worst pick since getting that offensive tackle in the first round." And now she's like, "The seats had parted for him to score his first running touchdown in the NFL." What? Are you are, are you kidding me? I, I, I just don't get it. David said after the game, all of our backs returned. It was a great decision by him. He has a lot of awareness, Andrew, and he can throw the heck out of a ball. You're not going to see a better throw very often than... What? They're, they're, they're showing me the, th- the throw, by the way. He throws a heck out of the ball. He, you're not going to see... It. What just happened? You know, it's funny. It's funny they didn't say any of this when he got drafted. They didn't say, listen... I'm not I'm not high on him. I'm not low on him. I think Haskins should have been drafted before him. There is absolutely nothing in his entire career that said that he should have been drafted over Dwayne Haskins. And some people are going to say, well, look at Dwayne Haskins and now he's not playing. That is a good thing. The, Washington was down 21-0 by halftime. It's a pretty good thing he didn't play. You don't want your, your rookie quarterback to have to deal with this mess. Hold on. But tonight, DBC News. Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. Morris. Oh, man. They, co- they talk about the 18-point comeback. They talk about the Danny Boy. They talk about the Buck. Yeah. They talk about everything. Talk about what happened at the end of the game. They talk about how no one's going to show or no one's going to throw as good of a throw as that. Talk about, talk about who and how the game in it. The Buccaneers missed a 37-yard field goal. Hold on, turn the music off. Turn it off! They missed a 37-yard field goal. That's that's like an extra point territory. That is an extra point territory. Pretty much. You're never gonna, he throws a heck of a ball. You're never going to see him throw that, the ball like that. Decision by him. He has a lot of awareness, Andrew, and he can throw the heck out of a ball. You're not going to see a better throw very often than the one he hit Sterling Shepard with between the boundary and two defenders right at the pylon area. Beautiful throw. Only Sterling could catch it. And one more thing. Right at the pylon area. Beautiful throw. Only Sterling could catch it. What are they? What is she referencing? Because I'm watching the play and I'm like, what? What is she referencing exactly? Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Let me find. Let me find the play. Let me find the play. What is she referencing right now? Because I don't have that play. I don't have he 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 throws it in between the pylon to Sterling. I'm I'm watching something else entirely. What does he have? What is right the play? Right at the pylon area. Beautiful throw. Only Sterling could catch it. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't have... I, they, they're not showing it on... They're not showing it on NFL. Sterling on the field yesterday. He was screaming and yelling, let's talk about Daniel Jones. So I'm glad we are today. We are. So I'm glad we are today. Let's talk about Daniel Jones. So I'm glad we are today. 
we are talking about a quarterback that was given the starting job in week three before many people thought he would, rallied them back from down 18 on the road, and did so, as we just mentioned, in the second half without the best player on the field on either side. Yeah, but um, you're playing the Bucks, And I, listen, I'm quick to be self-aware. I get it. The Cowboys have not played up against a whole lot of good teams. I get it. I get that. But at least we have... Hold on, you're going to hear some stuff. Sorry. But at least we have wins. Not just one win. Wins. And we're 3-0. and I have the Giants schedule. You're very, you, you might be very, very interested to see the Giants schedule. I have it up. We'll talk about that later. But let me let me find this this play that she's referencing the in between the pylons. He threw a, you you'll never see as good of a ball as as he did. Let me let me let me find it play. But by the way, let me let me play some you some LL Cool J so, to kind of offset you. Kind of like some elevator music. Hold on. I think I found it. I think I found it. Um, or it's they got Barkley on the field. Is he gonna run it in? Yeah, he's gonna run it in. I'm at like the three minute mark of the video where they show it off every single one of his passes and every single one of his throws. Let me put it to you like this: the reason why the Daniel Jones win isn't that impressive to me. And some people are going to say, well, I, like some people are going to say, well, it's against the Bucks. It's against the, you know, it's against the Bucks. He's, he has all of these weapons and Jameis Winston threw an interception and all that, you know, nobody's paying attention to what really, really matters. The reason why this win to me wasn't impressive and he did play a good game. He did play a great game. He had like 300 yards, 336 yards. He had four touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. Very, very great game by Daniel Jones, but I wasn't impressed. I don't know why I wasn't impressed. Because you almost lost it, and yet came back from 18 points down. Okay? You lost it. Is this the play she's talking? No, that's the Evan Ingram. What play? Here, here's the play. I think I got it. I'm like, what play is she referencing? Hold on, I'm, I'm getting an advertisement. I'm like, 
Jesus Christ. You'll never find as good of a ball as you did with that one. I'm like, are you sure about that? Hold on. I'm getting uh, I'm getting an Apple TV ad. Which, by the way, all of Apple TV's shows, they just bore me to sleep. The advertisements do. So I'm like, imagine having to watch this show in real time. You got Hulu with their, with their stand-up specials. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr, those guys. You have Hulu with the Wu-Tang Clan, the docu-series on, the document, the, the show with them on, right? You got all these shows on Netflix and Hulu, and then Apple's like, let's create a show where, where uh, like, God, God bless her heart, I love Haley Steinfeld, but Jesus Christ, like, I don't know what the hell her show is all about. They're talking about how they want to learn stuff so that way they can be better or they can be more powerful than the men. And I'm like, what the hell? It's called Dickinson. And I'm like, is it Charles Dickinson? Did they, is, is she now Charlie Dickinson? I don't know. It sounds ridiculous. Is this the throw? That's not that good of a throw. That's a, that's a routine throw. Is, is she seriously talking about this throw? Please don't tell me you're talking about this throw, lady. Because I'm about to, I'm about to throw the book at you if you think this is a good, if this is, a, you know, you don't see a lot of people making this throw. Right at the pylon area, you're not going to see a vet. All of our backs were turned. It was a great decision by him. He has a lot of awareness, Andrew, and he can throw the heck out of a ball. You're not going to see a better throw very often than the one he hit Sterling Shepard with between the boundary and two defenders right at the pylon area. Beautiful throw. Only Sterling could catch it. And Before she continues with that beautiful soliloquy. So there's, I have a, I have a Sterling Shepard catch. I mean... Let's, for starters, stir, this may not be it, but if this isn't, I'm like, this isn't, this isn't that impressive. It may be, I think I saw it at the back of the end zone, or not at the back of the end zone. I think I know what she's referencing, actually. If it, if it is, pretty good throw. If it isn't, I'm pissed off. I'm trying to find it right now. I still haven't found this, this freaking goodness gracious. I didn't eat anything all day. It's like 11.21. I went to Wendy's. I ordered 10 spicy chicken nuggets. I'm never going to this Wendy's ever again. I ordered 10. I said, can I get a number 10 spicy? I ordered 10 number 10. I ordered 10 chicken nuggets spicy. And they're like, okay, sure. Let me get it to you. And I've had issues with this Wendy's before. You know how like there are certain fast food places that you don't go to because you know the service isn't that good? This place is close to home, so I'm like, let me be lazy and go to the... I'm, not, I'm never going to that Wendy's ever again. So I go... So I was at that Wendy's today, and I order a spicy number 10. I'm, I'm, Wendy's brought the, back the spicy chicken. This is a very, very rare time in history. Wendy's brought it back. They, they took it off the table months, like, for, for years, and now it's back. So I'm like, let me try and get my feel right now. Let me go ahead and get some spicy chicken nuggets. I go there, I order a number 10 spicy. They give me a chicken sandwich with onions and pickles and ketchup. I hate, I hate any type of condiment. I hate it. It's disgusting. Ketchup, disgusting. I was like, what? This isn't even what I ordered. Did you hear what I ordered? I ordered, I sound like a brat and I sound like an asshole right now. But I, I'm sorry, I paid money for the chicken nuggets and I didn't check the bag. I didn't check the bag 
because I thought they put my freaking chicken nuggets. I'm complaining. I'm, I'm sounding like one of those people that calls the cops on, on McDonald's for getting their order wrong. But it's like I went to the facility, to the establishment, and I, and I was home by the time that I looked in the back because I thought that you could not screw up freaking spicy chicken nuggets. They didn't give me spicy. They gave me a fucking chicken sandwich. What? What? How, how did you get? Oh, my God. So I'm hungry right now. And I'm doing the podcast, but nobody. But you probably don't care. You're probably like, get to the Sterling Shepherd Play 24. I'm trying to find it. Pretty good throw. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was. It was a pretty good throw. It was a pretty good throw. Let me see if they put it on repeat. It was a pretty good throw. I'll admit, I'm not. I'm not someone who's an asshole. I'm like, you know, it was a pretty. It was a pretty good throw. Let me see how they played it defensively. You know what? It doesn't matter how they played it defensively. It was a pretty good throw. I'll give him his credit. It's a pretty good throw. I'll give it to him. It's a pretty good throw. It's a pretty it was a nice throw. I'm not going to say anything about, you know, him missing some uh, some some easy uh, balls to Saquon Barkley and how he missed Saquon sometimes in the flat. I'm not going to talk that much about that. But you know what? If he has another couple of games like this, I'll say, you know what? I was wrong about I was wrong about Daniel Jones, at least for the time being. I'm not a type of guy to hold fast and hold strongly to an opinion that is outdated. If he's good, he's good. He's good, he's good. We'll see, though. We'll see. But the reason why, kind of the reason why I'm like, don't take this game seriously. Seri- don't, don't just believe the hype with Daniel Jones. The reason why I say that, simply put, they almost lost to the Bucks, and it was because the terrible Buccaneers freaking missed the field goal. A 37-yard field goal attempt. The the situation could have been, well, Daniel Jones played his ass off. He played his mind out. Had a great game, but they still lost. It goes from that to Daniel Jones is the second coming of Joe Montana. In the New York media, I mean, look at just look at how much they freaking switch sides, man. Jesus Christ. I mean, she literally had... I've never seen this before where a journalist comes in and has, like, the post... Uh, ha- they have, like, all of these, like, tabloid, newsy type of... Like, I, I, as much as the New York Times gets flack, and they should for fake news, they're also a pretty reputable site. Excuse me, journalistic site. Pretty reputable in a lot of ways. I get it. They've done a lot of terrible stuff in the past couple of years. But they're also... Very, very established. There's some very, very good and established journalists there, is what I'm trying to say. She doesn't have any of that stuff. She has, like, the Daily Mail. Not the Daily Mail. What is it? The New York Post, which is borderline like a tabloid site, if I'm honest with you. I've read a lot of stuff from the New York Post, and it's like, it is it is borderline tabloid. And she has all of these other freaking newspapers, and they have all of these other... Oh, my gosh. And they have, what, the Daily News? Ugh. Yeah, the Daily News, never heard that place before. It's probably popular. I've never seen a sports beat writer come in the next day and have all of these, like, uh, these, like, newspapers 
showing off the headline of the story. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Whoa, Danny boy. Whoa, Danny boy. Buck yeah. You have all of these things. Oh my God, man. Uh, Dan O'Might. The New York Post wrote that. I'm like... They were, they were freaking destroying this guy a couple of months later. Now they're like, oh my God, he's the greatest football player of all time. This is why the, people wonder why... People why uh, people wonder why the New York teams are so terrible because when you have New York media like this who switches sides after just you know a one good game a game that the team could potentially lose switch sides from we hate this guy this guy's terrible to oh my god this guy Joe Montana it is dis- it is the definition of dysfunctional this is who what what's the Knicks owner what's his name. His, whatever his name is, he listens to the media. Obviously, he kicks a guy out for say, for saying, sell the team, sell the team. Kicks a guy out for doing that. This is why the New York Knicks, the New York Jets, and now the Giants have become dysfunctional as well. Obviously, except for the win against the Bucks, Because they listen to the media. They listen to the media, and the media has no integrity whatsoever. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to wait it out. We're, we're going to be intelligent. We're not going to be reactionary to this type of stuff. But of course they didn't, and they, they, they didn't, and they aren't. And guess what? They're saying Daniel Jones is the second coming of Joe Montana. All right, let's see how Danny Boy does. You know, obviously this weekend he has Washington. He should 100% stomp the yard with those two guys, with those guys. Who knows? Dwayne Haskins may play, add a little bit of drama to the to the mix. Vikings at Giants and Patriots, uh, Giants at Patriots, Sunday night football. Let's see how he does at Sunday night. Then he has the Cardinals. I think that's a loss. Then he has Detroit. That's probably a loss. Then he has the Cowboys. I think that's a loss. The Jets are probably, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot with the Jets, to be honest with you. Then he has the, the Bears. That's a loss. The Packers. That's a loss. The Eagles. That, it's a crapshoot either the way. The Dolphins. Crapshoot crap either way. Washington and then the Eagles. He has, he has to play a lot of really, really good teams this year. Let's see how he does against the good teams. And obviously, people are going to say, well, what, 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 how is Dak going to do against the good teams? We'll know in about six days. We'll know in, against the Saints. And if you ask me, I think pretty damn good. He's played one game, a really, really great game, and people go goo-goo and gaga for him. Speaking of going goo-goo and gaga, I may have been wrong about the, uh, the Browns. I may have been wrong about the Cleveland Browns. And you know what? It sucks because I I may not be a Cleveland Browns fan, but I have a lot of respect for the Cleveland Browns fans in the sense of they've pretty much stuck with a terrible team, a terrible organization. They could have gone to literally any other organization and been like, we're going to cheer for this team and try and, you know, be a part of something that wins. Instead, they'd be a part of the Cleveland Browns. And I got to respect them for it. But now, the Cleveland Browns with Freddie Kitchens dropping to, what is it, one and two? Him dropping to one, I'm not so sure anymore. 
Am I jumping off of the proverbial bandwagon? I don't know if there was one, but no, I am not if there was one. I'm not jumping off of it. But let me let me pull up the Browns' schedule. Who do the Browns play this week or next week if they have a if they have a bye week this week? Just saw Kirk Cousins is or Case Keenum's third pick. Maybe second pick six. It's starting to look like, well, it's a great return. And it's haha Clinton Dix's second interception of the game. He really, really likes throwing to haha Clinton Dix. Browns at Ravens, that's a loss. Browns versus 49ers, that's probably a loss. Seahawks at Browns, loss. Browns at Patriots, loss. Browns versus Denver, hopefully they can win the next two games. Browns versus Denver and, and Bills at, at Browns. They should win those games. We'll see. Steelers at Browns. That should be a win. Dolphins, Steelers, those two games should be wins. Bengals win. Cardinals probably should be a win. Ravens, loss. Bengals, win. How many games uh, How many games do I project that they're going to win? One... Including the Jets, by the way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine and seven. I think that's doable. I do. I think that's feasible. But I said the reason why they're going to win this season is because I thought that Baker Mayfield combined with Odell Beckham Jr., combined with Nick Chubb, combined with Kareem Hunt, combined with Njoku, who has a broken wrist, admittedly, but the backup seems really, really good as well. All of those players offensively, and then once... The defense has played spectacularly, by the way, especially the defensive line. Miles Garrett has been phenomenal in the past couple of weeks. But I thought that offensively and defensively, they would have done some really, really impressive things. And they just, they haven't. I mean, I, I can't tell where... I, I, I sometimes forget that Odell Beckham Jr. is on the freaking team because of how terrible they've utilized him. I, I, I would have thought that they would have been like, you know what, we're just going to just death by a thousand cuts some of these teams. But I mean, I, I said, I, I didn't know what the play was. Uh, they, they ran a draw last night on fourth and nine. What's a draw play? Again, a draw play or simply draw for short is a type of American football play. The draw is a running play disguised as a passing play. Okay, yeah, I guess that is. I guess that's what it was. So they run a draw. And as I was watching that play, I'm like, Freddie Kitchens has no idea what he's doing. No idea what he's doing. And then in the press conference, he says, put the, put, put the blame on me. Blame me. Dude, I'm already blaming you. I'm blaming you for your terrible start to the season. There is, there is no reason why you should be this bad against... There is no reason why you should have lost to the Rams. Let me pull... I, I freaking got rid of his freaking schedule again. There is no reason why you should have lost to the Rams and the Titans. You should be 3-0 and right now. You should probably have lost this weekend to the Ravens, and that should have been your first loss. You had the Rams. Surprisingly enough, you had the Rams. 
You had him, and you lost him. I mean, and, and the schedule gets harder. Ravens, 49ers. Yes, the 49ers are a good team. Believe it. They're 3-0. and They are 3-0. and They're a good team. They've gone up against some good teams. They've played very... They've not gone up. They have blown out some really, really good teams. Let me pull up their schedule. Let me let me try and peep game on you. Let me try let me try and educate you. 31-17 against the Bucks, 41-17 against the Bengals, 24-20 against the Steelers. They're a good football team. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. The NFC is kind of loaded here. You got you got a lot of fringe playoff teams. You got one division that has three teams. You got two divisions in the NFC that can make you have two divisions that have three teams that can make the playoffs you have the nfc west and i think the nfc north right because i think the packers the um the bears and i think the vikings they can make it in the nfc north in the nfc west you have the 49ers you have the seahawks and you obviously have the rams those three teams those six teams are good enough to make the playoffs I'm not, I'm not joking about that. They are good enough to make the damn playoffs. Six teams in two divisions. That's how good some of the teams are now. And the 49ers are one of those teams. And God forbid they are one of the teams that they don't make the playoffs. Okay, now you got five. You got five now. I'm, I'm out on the Eagles. The NFC South, I think with the Saints, the Cardinals, not the Cardinals, the Saints... The um, the Carolina Panthers, all those guys, they are terrible. They are horrible. Obviously, the Saints are pretty good, but you know the Car- the, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Bucks, terrible. But the West, the NFC West, the NFC South, they're really really good football players. They got uh, they got football teams. They got really really good football teams. The Browns should not be 1-2 and two going into week four. They should be 3-0 and oh about to lose their first game against the Ravens. And they played a hell of a game against the Rams. I, I, I really think Freddie Kitchens lost in that game. And I think he lost in that game against the Titans as well. Because the Titans are not a good football team. They aren't. And they blew the doors open against Cleveland. So that's just, that's just, ter- that's just terrible coaching right there. They beat the Jets, but of course they should have beaten the Jets. They lost to the. They should have. Some of these. Some of these games, man. It's gonna expose who the Browns are. You know. The first three weeks are pretty much over with. the The post preseason is almost over with. Meaning that the couple of games that teams play to kind of get back into the swing of things, those games are almost over. September is almost over. Going into no, uh, October, November, the season will, honest to God, start as evident by some of the the. Uh, the Sunday night football games. But, I mean, Cleveland's got to get their act together. And they got to, I mean, they, they got to start with beating the Ravens in Baltimore. Then they got to go on the, it's, it is a hellacious road trip for the next two weeks. Ravens and 49ers. And then they play against the Seahawks, against Russell Wilson. Have fun with that, Cleveland. 
Oh, man. Anything else I'm missing? Anything else I'm missing? Podcasting for an hour. I am just annoyed at how, how like, what's the word I'm looking for? How, how much stock people have put into that game. In the Daniel Jones game, I'm annoyed at how, how ridiculous people are getting over, over some of these teams. And I'm kind of annoyed with some of the team's performances for the past couple of weeks. Because some of the teams have just played terribly. So I'm just annoyed in general. It's the third quarter. It's 28-3. to Should I be watching this game? A primetime game, 28-3. and The game is freaking over with. It is done. Over. It's over with in the, in the third quarter. The game is over and done with in the third quarter. How does that happen? That should never happen in a primetime game. It should happen in 12 o'clock games. I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen ever. Monday night football... 31-15, the game's over with in the third freaking quarter. How does that happen? Oh, and excuse me, by the way, it wasn't that the Washington team had, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't that they had missed field goals, it's that they didn't kick them to begin with. They went for it on two, they went for two-point conversions on both of these drives, I'm guessing, because they needed to. Let me watch Trubisky. Trubisky is not good. I'm sorry, he's not good. Not, I'm not on. I'm not in on Trubisky at all. He, and he won a bunch of games last year. I think he won like ten games last year. I'm not on him. I'm not. I'm not in on him. I don't get Trubisky. I don't get the gen. If if you thought he was terrible at the beginning of the year, and he has one good game, does that whole does that change your perspective entirely? Because I, I don't get it whenever people are like, yeah, he's terrible, but then one for, for months they say he's terrible, but he, but he has one good game, almost loses it, and now they're saying he's the second coming to Joe Montana. He's Danny Boy. He's Danny Boy now. I'm not saying that because he's, you know, like Joe Montana. He's Danny Boy now. He's got his own freaking nickname now. This is why all these teams are so freaking dysfunctional in New York. Because you got all these media members thinking that they're freaking experts, and they aren't. They are not. I'm not an expert. I am. I am a passionate fan who loves the Dallas Cowboys, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and football. That's all I am. But even I can see the signs. Even I can see the reading. I'm like, bro, this this guy beat the Bucks. Because the Bucks beat themselves. Because they couldn't freaking hit a 37-yard field goal. And I get it. He had a great game. I'm not saying he didn't. But even that great game, they almost lost it against the Bucks. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, Lord. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. PSX. Technically, Tuesday is about to happen. It's about to happen in 18 minutes. PSX is tomorrow. The PlayStation Experience. When, when is when is it going to show? Let me find this thing. Hold on. I apologize. Hold on.
Where is it? I know it's supposed to be. It's supposed to start tomorrow at like 8 o'clock. Or not 8 o'clock, but it's supposed to start somewhere soon or whatever. Hold on. I apologize for this. <clears throat> September 24th, 2019. It's supposed to it's supposed to be at 3 o'clock tomorrow. 3 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, my time. Sorry about all the bumping and stuff like that. So... Before I get into what I think will be at PlayStation, the PlayStation experience tomorrow, let me, um, I just saw on the PlayStation YouTube channel, I just saw this very, very interesting trailer for Narcos Rise of the Cartels. Let's listen to it. Let's watch it. In Colombia, we're seen as the good guys. Good guys who sometimes need to do bad things. It's Narcos versus DEA in a brutal war over what they call white gold. We watch them. They watch us. We lose people. They lose people. When one side moves ahead, the other is left behind. In the barrios, in the jungle, in the cities. Only the best strategy takes the upper hand. Only the most effective team takes control. This country is ours. We will fight for it. Choose your side. Top comment on the video. This game looks sick until they show the, the gameplay. Yeah, it is a turn-based, um, it, it's, it's XCOM, it's XCOM, why, I, like, why, why would you do that, because imagine this, imagine this, right, because GTA, the thing that I love about GTA is that they have vision, right, they have the vision to understand, like, all right, you know, we, we can't necessarily do modern games anymore, we can't do games based in modern times anymore, just because of, like, just because of of the political culture, the because of uh, uh, things that we cannot actually control. So let's have a video game based in South America during that time period with the narcos, right? And that's what they're planning on doing. They're planning on having their, their new game set in the 80s where apparently you're playing both a narcos agent, someone in the narcos, like a gangster, and uh, someone in the DEA. Sounds like a really, really interesting concept, right? Um, apparently not to this other developer who's like, let's have a turn-based action, uh, let's have a turn-based XCOM-style game, which just, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Especially to use the TV show, the Narcos TV show, to pretty much, to, to make this game, it just, it just does not make any sense to me. It's kind of like you sound like you don't want to have an interesting game. Like, explore that interesting aspect of being Pablo Escobar, being one of these drug lords. 
that is in one of these really, really bad and dangerous areas and having full control over essentially a country as a criminal. Like, as, a, as an American, that's weird to me. Like, to have a criminal run the organization. Like, there's politicians and stuff like that do have, that have criminal behavior, obviously. But to have a known, like, a drug lord run the... That's, that's compl- that is foreign to me. And that's something interesting. I think that's why Narcos, as a TV show, is very, very interesting. And it's a great TV show. Because they really... They do a really, really good job of showing that the government, the United States government, and the government where the these drug lords, these cartels were centered in, had such a huge issue with finding, capturing, and killing some of these guys because they had the public on their side and they had the government on their side. And they got to do whatever they wanted to do. Pablo Escobar was a terrorist before like terrorism was even on the United States' radar. Like, he blew up blocks and he killed civilians to try and get to politicians. He was a terrorist and a drug lord. And people were like, he's a great guy. He ran the... It would have been an interesting part, but, oh, man. Turn-based shooter. Turn-based XCOM style. Eesh, man. Where you play as the cartel and as the DEA. Eesh. Eesh, man. So I was talking about freaking PSX. PSX, the PlayStation experience tomorrow, almost today, really. What do I think will be there? Well, for starters, I think the PS5 will be there. I could be wrong. Um, I was reading a lot of information about it, and apparently um, it, it, it may be announced next year in February, which is also a very, very interesting timeline during another planned planned thing. But a lot of information is le- leaking, and I can't ignore just the constant, uh, excuse me, the constant leaks of information that has just happened in the past two weeks. And it's all kind of, Starting to form on this date, on Tuesday, September 24th, 2019. And Xbox has already said they're releasing their console, Project Scarlet, next year, 2020. Josh Norman with a hell of a catch, hell of an interception. Don't bring it out, Josh. Just take the fucking knee. Throws the ball, intercepts it. I mean, it's a great, it's a great catch by by uh by by Norman. Let me before I get on the PlayStation experience, I'm I'm sorry for kind of starting and stopping and going from things, but this is one hell of a catch. And let me let me watch Trubisky because Trubisky, I mean, clean pocket and it is it's underthrown and it's just a bad throw. Bad read, bad throw, bad everything. Where was he supposed to look? Well, for starters, he stare he he does the traditional Trubisky thing. He stares down the wide receiver. So Josh Norman is reading Trubisky for the entirety of the throw, and he stares him down, and Norman makes one hell of a catch. He just makes one hell of a... I mean, he's just staring his target down, and it's under him. Allen Robinson doesn't even have his head turned around to catch the freaking football. Bad throw, bad read, bad everything by Trubisky. 
Jesus Christ. And it's a red zone pick. You can't do that. It's a red zone pick. My God. It's it's in the red zone. For starters, pretty much, Norman almost commits holding, to be honest with you. But it's a red zone interception. And we know how, like, and this game was a 31-15 blowout Bears. Pretty much because uh, Case Keenum had three interceptions. Jesus H. Christ. But Case Keenum, what's his freaking name? Trubisky, my God. A red zone pick. A pick in the red zone. And it's just a bad read. You, you have to, if you're going to look him off, you have to look him off. Norman has safety help, so the safety comes over. But most importantly, Norman is reading Rosen or freaking Trubisky. He's reading him all the way through the play. So when he throws the football, Norman already knows where the ball's going to. It's going to his to uh, to, to freaking what's what's his face? What uh, Robinson? My God, man! I, hot damn! Sorry about that. But um, going back to the PlayStation experience, Sony, I think, is going to release their new console. They're going to announce it. They're going to show it off. There's been so much information about it. There's been so many leaks around it. And kind of thinking about it further, there is a leak almost in, almost like six, seven, eight months ago, earlier this year, where essentially they had showed off that, the, um, that Spider-Man could load faster in games. And even though load times, they aren't really an issue anymore in games, I think it's a nice thing that, you know, that load times are pretty much... I mean, I think they, they talked about how the fast travel time in the new Spider-Man game was um, was like 0.5 seconds or 0.8 seconds or something like that instead of it being 10 seconds. So that kind of tells you how, how much processing power the, uh, the console has. So that's really, really great. But at the same token, what I really, really love about it, the new console, the PlayStation 5, it can actually take advantage of my PS4 library. The common issue with a lot of these next-gen consoles is that they don't take advantage of the previous-gen's library. So you have people selling their old consoles but having all of their old games, and it's like, well, now, as a consumer, you get to use the new console. You get to play it at a higher performance. You get to play the same games at a higher performance, which is what I really, really enjoy about the new console or hope to enjoy about the new console. So backwards compatibility, increased performance. Um, for me, 30 frames is a nice sweet spot. 60 frames is is a luxury. It, anything above 100 frames on a console is a luxury in my opinion. Um, 30 frames is like the minimum. If your console isn't running at 30 frames, you're doing something wrong, which is why I have such an issue with the Nintendo Switch. I'm like, you should, you should 100% be running at 30 frames at least. So um, uh, the... The new console apparently is going to run probably higher. Well, they haven't released how many frames per spec for a second you can have, but it's probably going to be something higher than a hundred frames on the high end. On the low end, it should be just sixty. It should be sixty flat rate. You should run it at sixty. Four hundred, maybe five hundred dollars is the retail price for the PS Five Pro, whatever they're going to call it, because they're going to also release a PS Five Pro edition with the base console model as well which i think is going to be a pretty interesting um little snippet that i think is going to be with with the new game um with the new console because to be honest with you i have my ps4 that i've had for almost six years and it's still it runs perfectly it, it runs great i've never had an issue with it it's a great console i love it but with the ps5 
Pro, that's kind of what I hope to get a, a bang for my buck because I'd miss out on the PS4 Pros, guy, because I don't buy another PS4. Why don't I buy a PS, another PS4 if my if my 2013 edition works perfectly fine? So I'm very, very. I, I would love to sink more money into the Pro edition of it. I do think it's kind of shitty that you have a a, a a a better version available, but at the same token, you. You're, you're not releasing that model as your base model. You're releasing the Pro Edition as your base model. I don't like it. I don't like it as much, but I get why they're doing it. If you, you know, they have the entry level for people who can't afford it, but they also have the more expensive version if you can afford it. So I, I like that aspect. It, it's shitty, but it's also really, really good. So. I think they'll release the PS4 Pro. Um, I think they'll have some games there. Some I think Death Stranding will be there trying to think of any more PlayStation exclusives. PlayStation pretty much exhausted all the resources. I mean, they've they've done everything they can with their exclusives. They have so many. Let me let me pull up the Donkey, the video game Donkey video where he shows off <laughs> where he shows off like all of the um, all of the freaking games. Hold on. Where he shows off all of the PlayStation exclusives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um PlayStation has The Last of Us on deck, The Last of Us 2 on deck. They have probably another Spider-Man game on deck. Look out for a new Sunset Overdrive because that may be coming. And they have so many games, though. They have so many different IPs. They have so many games that they have. I mean, it's... Man, they have obvious... Oh, I forgot. Another God of War coming. They have... uh, They have Persona 5, obviously. They have, a, a, you know, The Last of Us 2. And I think that's it for games that are kind of announced that people know. Probably another Spider-Man game as well. So they have the new PS, the Persona 5 game coming out. It's probably going to, it, it's probably not going to be shown off, but they're probably going to have, not probably going to have some, I don't know why I mentioned Persona 5. They're probably going to have The Last of Us 2 there. They're probably going to have um, something about maybe God of War. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about God of War yet. I don't know about God of War yet, but I definitely know that they probably not know, but I think they will have something about uh, the newest Naughty God Naughty Dog game, uh, The Last of Us Two. But it kind of just depends on what they want to show off, to be honest with you. And Death Stranding, I think Death Stranding will be there as well. So we'll see about what Naughty Dog and um, freaking Sony will do tomorrow. But if I had to put money on how many frames per second the new consoles should run at, realistically, you would want them to run max 150, 160. There are some PCs that can run over, like, they, that can get, like, 230 frames per second, right? So for me, like, you don't need, like, you're already, for, you're already, these consoles have just been eclipsed by by modern day PCs, like it's not even it's not even funny how bad uh, the performance is on consoles comparatively to that of like a PC. It's just it's it's an absolute joke. But at the same token, with these new consoles coming out and with these new con- like I I think Microsoft said 120 frames is the highest that they could get it for the new console, which is kind of a joke. Um, it's it's like PCs they I mean they lap that frame rate. 
but with consoles, um, but with the PlayStation 5, whatever, I, I think it should, especially the Pro version, it should get somewhere close to 200 frames a second. Somewhere close. Unless I'm missing something here or unless my information is bad. Unless I'm just not, unless I'm missing something here. Like, I feel like that's kind of where it should be at. And I think, I I feel like it should run kind of at like, maybe like 60 frames base, you know? Just that, that's not too hard to ask, by the way. Like, base, like, at, at a standard, like, this is the minimum frames we're getting to, 60. If you go under 60, we're having an issue here, right? I feel like that's what it should run at. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll see about Sony. We'll see about the PlayStation experience. I don't really have any more information about some of the games but um, I think that Sony wasn't at the Tokyo Game Show for a reason. And I think it was because, like, not at the Tokyo Game Show. Oh, my God. At, um, at E3 for a reason. And I think it was because they wanted to show off some of the stuff that they're about to show off um, at the PlayStation Experience tomorrow. So, I'll be there. I'll be watching it. I'll probably have a podcast talking about it. But until then, it's checkout time, baby. We got a, a little bit of a longer podcast. Not a, even a longer podcast. It's like only an hour and 20-something minutes. But I thank you for your time. Thank you for sticking with me. I mean, it's the start of the fourth quarter against freaking Washington and Chicago. But we already said it's a crapshoot. It's not an interesting game. A lot of these Monday Night Football games aren't. They'll get better in the next couple of weeks. PSX tomorrow. A lot of good stuff happening in the next couple of weeks. Oh, by the way, hold on. Let me pause this. Philly versus the Packers. How terrible have the Philadelphia Eagles been? Terrible. Just, I mean, they, they have been... Maybe not terrible, but definitely a disappointment comparatively to all of their other teams in in the division. I mean, we knew that the Eagles and not the Eagles, the Giants and the Washington team were going to stink it up, but we did not expect. I mean, everyone was predicting this was going to be the team that wins the NFC. Wins the NFC. Let me let me go back to the actual predictions. Let me let me let me pull up the predictions. Because I, I, I just, I get off on this type of stuff. So I think it's just ridiculous. Here we go. The 2019 NFL playoff predictions. Let's see, let's see who it is. Let's see who it is. Oh, wait. This is um what what was that what's that show called um Good Morning Football Good Morning Football Kay Adams Nate Durlis, uh, Nate Burlinson Kyle Brandt Peter Schrager uh this is Schrager's AFC picks let's see who he picks let's see who he picks in the NFC does it where's the NFC Oh, they're doing AFC first, then they're doing NFC. And I got an ad. Fantastic. It's a 20-minute video. I got an ad. That's fine. Whatever. I, 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 I don't care.
KR. I got two ads. Jesus Christ. I got an ad to load into the video and now I'm skipping around and I got two ads now. But let's see what happens when they go to the NFC East. To the NFC. Let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see who, who they pick when it comes to the playoffs. Nobody took the Broncos. The Titans. Nobody Let's took see. the Titans. Nobody took the Ravens. The Nobody Bengals. took the Bengals. I've spent what? the first 90 minutes of this show talking about how the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. And Super Bowl this. contender. Guys, NFC East. I'm going with the Philadelphia hey, Eagles. Hey. Put that hat on. We can talk on. all we want about the Cowboys because they're in the news. The Eagles quietly added one of the best rosters you've ever seen in this team's franchise. Best rosters in one of this team's franchise history, he says. History over the offseason. If Carson Wentz is healthy, there is no excuse. And he is, so there is no excuse. One of the best offensive lines, great running backs, an incredible defense up front. I'm in on the Eagles this year. Everyone thinks that the NFC... I'm out and you're losing stock. ...is going to be wide open. I don't. I think the New Orleans Saints run away with it. I had a chance to do the Saints preseason game, their third one. It was against the New York... So we get it. His predictions, his final predictions for the NFC, and this is playoff teams. Uh, Let me me go all the way over here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, he... (laughs) He's already... already, He is so wrong already. He has, uh, in the NFC East... Philadelphia, they ain't making the playoffs. I said this in the preseason. I've been saying this for almost three months. They ain't making the playoffs. The Eagles, they ain't making the playoffs. Everyone was like, well, they've added the best team in the offseason to to, to Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz has no excuse now, and yet they're providing him with a bevy of excuses as to why he's playing so god-awful. The Saints, the Vikings, the Rams, and the Eagles are going to win their uh, win their divisions, according to Peter Schrager. And in the wild card, the Panthers <laughs> and the Cowboys. The Cowboys winning the least amount of games. By the way, this isn't the video that I wanted. Nate Burlinson, thank you. Thank you, man. Th- I appreciate you. Picks the Cowboys. Thank you. Finally. Done. I'm going to go ahead and do it like I did it for the AFC, which means I'm going to pick the team, and then I'm going to give you an X factor. Go on. So let's start this thing off. We got. I'm going Ow. with the Cowboys. Them boys? Right the gate. I'm sorry, Colleen, but listen, we they got, got Colleen Wolf there. That Prescott playing for money. Amari Cooper playing for money. You know what, Jason Garrett, the seat's kind of hot. He might be playing for his job. Kellen Moore coaching for his career as offense coordinator. But the X factor. Randall Cobb, if he can stay healthy, this guy could be a great addition. Let's move this. Is Nate Burlinson right or is he right? Jason Garrett, coaching for his doggone job, he may be fired. I don't care what I don't care what happens. I don't care if we win the doggone Super Bowl 58 to 6. Fire his ass at the end of this season. I'm done with Garrett. I am so done. They the Cowboys played lackadaisical. They don't have the same discipline as the Patriots. You saw what happened when the Patriots played the Dolphins and the Jets. They stomped the yard with those teams. But when it comes to the Cowboys, they're like, let's play lackadaisical. Let's let's do a... JC, fire him. Fire him. Let's see who he's got. Oh, Jesus, Nate. <laughs> I'm like, he goes from he goes from having... Yeah, I'm like, yes! Great pick, Nate. Ah, oh, God damn it, Nate. God damn it, Nate. He has the cowboys panthers bears and rams winning their divisions i mean the bears and the ba- the bears and the panthers aren't winning their divisions it's, it should have been the saints and probably the panthers or the vikings and then he has the seahawks in the wild i love the seahawks i love the seahawks i don't care how i don't care what they've been doing for the past couple i don't i don't care what the record is i don't care how bad they've looked i don't care they're the seahawks they have russell wilson they have uh, metcalf they have a lot of great players on the team i mean 
They'll figure it out. And Pete Carroll. Eagles, and he has the Eagles in the wild card seed. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, Nate, come on, Nate. You're killing me. You had you started off hot. You went ice cold later on. It's like you it's like you just <coughs> excuse me, jumped into a frozen lake. For the NFC playoffs. Show the graphic. Oh! Stage! It's pretty sweet. Sorry, Saints fans. I just feel like Cam Newton has something to prove in that defense. Was- he does. That he is very, very injury prone. Step up and support him on all. Over two with the Saints in the playoffs. Colleen Wolf, how do you follow Burleson? All right, here we go. Okay, what do so, you So, um, okay, okay. very unpredictable here. <laughs> it's unpredictable because she's she's an Eagles fan. I'm not mad at Colleen Wolf. I'm not mad at her for picking the Eagles. I'm not mad okay, at her. Go with the Pick Eagles. your team. Have faith in your team. At least she has faith in her team. Some of you, some of you doggone uh, freaking NFL fans have no faith in your team, especially when they're playoff teams. Some of the people who who left the Cleveland bandwagon, they're like, all, all right, I'm I'm done. I lo- I'm done with the Cleveland Browns. I hate the Cleveland Browns. You know what? I love it. Now I don't have any bandwagon fans now being on the Cleveland Browns. So when they make the playoffs and they go nine and seven at the end of the season, I get to say in your face to the people who doubted them. Love calling Wolf for picking her team. They're, they're not making the playoffs. <laughs> I'm like, I go on this long. So I, they're not making the playoffs, but I love that she picked them. Goals here. Okay, so this is Carson Wentz's healthy year. Okay, ah, back to back. This years. is his health. This remember, remember what she said. This is his healthy year. This is the year that everyone's saying he's health. He's healthy now. He's healthy. He'll he'll win the team. He'll he'll win all these games. He has the best team in the end. He's healthy now. Okay. Okay, calling. Okay, okay, calling. Um, very unpredictable here. <laughs> I am gonna go with the Eagles here. Okay, so this is Carson Wentz's healthy year. Get him. Back to back years, he's injured. I don't care. I don't want to hear anymore. The best shape of his life. He he feels so great. He's but he is. He so isn't good. in the best shape this of his is life. This year, he's got to prove it. I, like Plus, it. I love that backfield. Miles Sanders, yeah. Jordan Howard, yeah. Fletcher Cox is back from an injury. It's gonna yeah. be good. Okay, now we got. Give me the. Oh. No, not that one yet. Oh wait, oh. actually yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so her picks are actually pretty decent. Besides the Eagles, of course. <laughs> I'm like, besides the Eagles. Well, uh, damn, God, doggone it, Colleen. Except for, of course, some of the other. I'm like, her picks are pretty good. She picks Philadelphia. Terrible pick. Uh, they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> They're not making the playoffs. She picks the Saints, Vikings, Rams. It, it, the NFC North is kind of a crapshoot. They got three quote-unquote playoff teams. The way that the Bears played tonight with Trubisky, I don't think they're a playoff team anymore. But, I mean, they got the Vikings. They got the uh, the Packers. I mean, that division, all three teams that are playoff teams, Detroit I'm not is an afterthought, even though I think they're, what, they're 2-1 and one or 3-0. Or and oh. oh, no, they, they tied with – they tied – nope, Detroit ain't going nowhere. Uh, never mind. Scratch what I said about Detroit. But with all of these other NFC North teams, they actually look like really, really good football teams, right? With a ton of flaws in them. At the Bears, the flaw is the quarterback. Hold on. They, they got the defensive lineman mic'd up. I, I kind of want to watch it. kind of want to listen to it. Let me listen to it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me listen to it. I'll, talk, I'll, I'll listen to this later. But let me, let me go on my soliloquy with the NFC North. With the Bears, you have questions on the quarterback. The defense, you have no questions about. With the Vikings, same thing. Quarterback, everything else is tight. With the Packers, you really question some of the offensive aspects of the team. You don't you don't question Aaron Rodgers in the defense. I don't think has been tested yet. They keep ranting and raving on the defense. I am not sold on it yet. But you do have 
a lot of really, 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 really good players in that division, but also some really, really large flaws as well in that division. So it's it's kind of a crapshoot right now. Um, I do think that it is... I put an asterisk next to the Bears, but I do think it is between the Bears, Vikings, and, of course, the Green Bay Packers for, the, for control over the NFC North. I think the Rams will win the West again, and I think the Seahawks will have a wild card slot with one other team. Um, I, I don't know who. Let me listen to this mic'd up thing. A lot of grunting with Hakeem Hicks. Pretty good football player. I'm not mad with Colleen Wolf's picks. Not mad at him. Pretty happy. Except for the Falcons. You know, she picks her team. I'm perfectly fine with her picking her team. Perfectly fine with it. She's an Eagles fan. Pick your damn team. What I'm not happy with, Kyle Brandt. He's coming up next after one doggone advertisement. Uh, this is actually going to probably go on until an hour, until two hours. Just going to let you know, settle in. I almost ended the, the funny thing is, is that I almost ended the podcast and I'm like, well, let me talk about the, uh, the predictions. Let me talk about what teams predicted the Eagles were going to make the playoffs. And then I got like, this isn't even the video that I want to watch. And I've been going on for like the past 20 minutes. So let's continue with Kyle Brandt, who, you know, he doesn't hate the Cowboys. He's not unbiased about Dak Prescott at all, all this other stuff. Let's see what he has to pick when it comes to, uh, the NFC. Uh, NFC East, here we go. Um, fly, Eagles, fly, yeah. we're gonna go 12 and 4. 12 and 4? <laughs> 12 and 4. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me listen to that one more time. 12 and 4. Probably. 12 and 4. Ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't, I couldn't, see, I, I could barely see 10 wins at most. 12 and 4. They're about to be 1 and 3 week 4. 12 and 4. What's the excuse? There shouldn't be an excuse according to Peter Straker. They're loaded on all sides of the football according to Peter Straker. This is no excuse season. But you hear a bunch of excuses on a weekly basis. And some of those on Twitter too. Um, all right, uh, NFC East, fly, here Eagles, we go. Fly. Um, fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. We're gonna go 12 and 4. If something, <laughs> if the Eagles don't win 12 games, even 13 games, something went wrong. And I have 12? To 13 games. Then something went wrong. I gotta, I gotta hear his chant again. I, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this one more time. Because to me, this is absolutely hilarious. I gotta hear it one more time. Let me listen to this. Let me listen. Here we go. Let me listen to Kyle Brandt. Um, fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. We're gonna go 12 and 4. If something, <laughs> if the Eagles don't win 12 games, even 13 games, something went wrong. Something is going wrong. You paid Carson Wentz 13, what is it, 30-something million dollars. You paid him over 100 million. You shouldn't have paid him nothing. And now you're stuck with him. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Ah, Jesus. What? What? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on. What are you doing, man? His predictions are the worst predictions. The worst predictions. He has... In the NFC East, the Eagles winning, that's already terrible. That's that's terrible. Then, in the NFC South, he has the Falcons. The Falcons winning that division. NFC North, Bears. What? The South, 
I completely disagree with this. I love the Seahawks, but the Rams are the best team in that division. He has the Seahawks winning this, the West. The Rams are in the uh, the wild card slot with Green Bay. I'm not mad at the Green Bay pick. I'm pretty much mad about everything else. Especially the chant where he says that we're going to go 12-4. and four. Hold on. Colin Cowherd came up with a new video. This isn't even the video that I was trying to reference. This is just something that I wanted to see. Let's see it. He plays uh, the three-word the three, for- three game with every single team in the NFC East. It, with, it, not in the NFC East, excuse me, in the NFL. So pretty much it's kind of like word association except... Uh, with teams, and he uses three words to describe these teams. Let me see if he has, like, an interesting one here. <laughs> he has a good one for the Dallas and, and the Dolphins. Losing on poor, porpoise, like a porpoise. Like, like I think, like a dolphin. I think that's the, the like, the definition or something. Porpoise. That's, that's pretty funny. <sighs> I mean, uh... I, li- I like this one. Two excellent teams with Kansas City and Baltimore. Everyone was giving Lamar Jackson shit for losing to Patrick Mahomes, but I'm like, the Kansas City Chiefs are one of the best teams in the entirety of the NFL, not the AFC. L- 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 give the guy some slack here. <laughs> Catch the ball. <laughs> for Philadelphia versus Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. I can't be mad at that one. All right. Um... Let me look at some of these predictions. I love looking up predictions and seeing how wrong people are. Hold on. So this is the NFL. Everyone, everyone hates this show. I don't know why they hate it. I don't. I didn't watch the NF the NFL game predictions. Let me see about. Um, do they have the Detroit Lions versus the Eagles? Let me see. Do they have it? They do, but they don't talk about it. Twenty-seven to twenty-one, Eagles. Oh God, where's the um, where's the where, where's the NFL season prediction? Here we go. Every NFL team's two thousand nineteen record projection. Let's take a gander at it. Let's take a gander. Frick, let me mute that shit. It's the new frickin' iPhone uh, advertisement. My bad. I apologize for that. iPhone 11 Pro. Can you believe these phones cost $1,000? Because I sure as hell can't. Oh, God, Cynthia. I, I said at the beginning of the season that I didn't mind Cynthia Freeland's projections, but, oh, man. Looking back on it, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Seeing some of these projections is kind of making my stomach sick, man. Oh, my God. Nine wins. Prescott. This is this is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, nine wins. Prescott. Looks downfield, fires deep downfield, and it will be caught. My model projects Dak Prescott to throw for over 3,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, and only 10 interceptions. I was with her with the yards. I think he's going for 4,000. And with the interceptions, disagree with the touchdowns. It's 30 or more. And I think I predicted that before the season. So before he even got hot, I was like, I think he's going to have 30. I think he's going to have 30 touchdowns. No idea why it's this freaking loud, by the way. I'm sorry, but you're, I'm going to try and lower it just a little bit more. Sorry for the blast, by the way, as well. Jason Witten. I project Ezekiel Elliott to lead the NFL with 388 touches, 
and 1,324 rushing yards. Hindsight 2020, she's probably wrong about that. He's probably going to split. I think he may be somewhere between 300 carries and 330 carries this year. I think he's going to have a lot less carries because of that other guy who wears two on his jersey but also has another digit, has another number on his chest. Instead of being 2-1, he's just 20. I think Tony Pollard, he's also going to have a really, really good season. I think he may rush. I mean, it, it really depends on how they use him, to be honest with you. We'll see. On defense, Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith helped the Cowboys allow just the third fewest yards per play on first down last season, something I see continuing this season. Philadelphia Eagles, 11 wins, and your projected NFC East champion. Winch. 11 wins, projected NFC East champions. Well, they're about to lose their third game of the season, so that means that they can only lose two more games in the season. So, you know, I mean, just statistically, it's not looking too good for the 11-5. and five. And it's like, as soon as, as soon as Cynthia came out with this, I was like, this isn't that bad. It's, I don't agree with a lot of it, but it's definitely not like the worst I've seen of her. And I said this like in the preseason, I was like, she's getting better with her projections. Like she went from, uh, she went from, I think, projecting that last year, the Cowboys would, would be so far out of the playoffs, like seven and nine or something ridiculous like that to now predicting that they're going to go nine and seven. And I said at the beginning of the season, they'll probably go, um, they'll probably, they'll probably win 10, 10 out of six. That's my conservative es estimate. I'm not uh, estimate as if I'm a smart guy. Uh, that's that's like what I think is going to happen, and I'm being conservative about it. I don't want to try and like over over like over exaggerate or over guess the uh, the record or whatever. I, I just kind of want them to get into the playoffs, win the division. But now it's they're kind of looking like they can win the entire NFC. You know that they could be the number one ranked team in the entirety of the league in in the entirety of the conference. Excuse me. So, you know, we'll, we'll see going on later on with the Cowboys, but 11 of 5, Cynthia's already wrong on this prediction. With a speed, Ezekiel Elliott out of bounds. On defense, Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. Sorry for the, I'm trying to freaking find the perfect way the, the, of the volume for the video. I'm sorry, you're just going to have to deal with it. The Cowboys it's almost over. Just the third fewest yards per play on first down last season, something I see continuing this season. Philadelphia Eagles, 11 wins, and your projected NFC East champion. Wentz to Ertz for the touchdown. My model has Carson Wentz throwing for over 4,200 yards. <laughs> 4,200? The dude hasn't, I think he hasn't eclipsed 3,500. What? Let me, let me look up Wentz's stats one more time. The dude, I don't think, has he ever eclipsed 3,500 yards in his entire career? No. Yeah, he has, actually, in his first year. In his first year. In his rookie year, where he threw 16 of 14. Jesus Christ, man. Touchdowns and 13 interceptions, making him my quarterback number six. Wentz did miss 13 games over the last two seasons, so the signing of Josh McCown is huge for their projection. Our Signing a backup quarterback is huge for their projection. Not not getting wide receivers for him. Not getting more tight ends. Not getting not getting um, the guy from Chicago, the really really good running back, Jordan Howard. Nope. Getting a backup quarterback because he has an, because he has no one's willing to say it. He's injury prone, ladies and gentlemen. He's injury prone. Take a white shot on a perfectly thrown ball. Defensive line is a huge strength of this team. 
they got pressure at the second highest rate when not blitzing last season, a trend that forecasts to continue this season. And you've got Fletcher Cox in the middle of that. that that's, that's tough. New York Giants, five wins. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, that seems a lot more accurate now, doesn't it? Um, what else do we have here? Hmm. Oh, you got some, you got, there, there's so many, oh God, there's so many good videos just talking about project, uh, projections, by the way, NFL projections. I, I want to dive into all of them. It's going to be a two hour video. I hope you stay with me. I'm going to continue on. I'm going to dive into these. I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to make sure that we can get all this stuff done. So who's going to be in the Super Bowl? They got the NFL and it's funny and we're only three weeks in, by the way, and we're, and it's just so funny to see how badly it's changed, right? Just terrible, just terrible to see how bad it's changed. I, 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 these are the experts. NFL Super Bowl predictions, they have a bunch of people. Oh, this is good morning football. Okay, this is, this is the Thursday night football game. Um, they're in Chicago. Let me see who it is. Let me see who's in the Super Bowl. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Nate Burlinson. Fuck, man. You're killing me. Dude, what? He has the Seahawks and the Browns. I, I predicted that the that the Browns were going to go to the playoffs, not go to the freaking Super Bowl. Come on, bro. Come on, Burlinson. Come on, man. The Browns are beating the Patriots? Come on, dude. Come on, bro. Ah, oh, and he's so confident too. Yeah, oh, man. Let's see. Let's see what Schrager has. Rams versus Chiefs. That's a pretty good prediction. That's pretty. That that's actually very, very more likely to happen than not. Kay Adams. Let's see what she has. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. She. Hold on. She's gonna say something funny. She's gonna say something ridiculous. Hold on. I had to really build on last year and think about what my prediction was in 2018. Take a look. Two teams that are the most complete and balanced in the National Football League kicking off this year. I will go for my Super Bowl matchup to no surprise of anyone who watches the show. I will go with the L.A. Chargers right. taking on the New Orleans Saints. That's not a bad pick either. The, the Chargers were... Listen, they got Ram Royald. They got Bamboozled. They got... Just straight up mollywopped against the Patriots, but the Patriots are the Patriots. They did the same thing to the Rams, uh, but but the Chargers. That's a pretty good pick, and also the Saints. I, I'm I'm not mad at her pick. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. It was a good. It was a good pick. It was a good pick. Hindsight, obviously, and you know, it's a good pick. Obviously, it didn't happen. One team got Ram Royal by the dog on NFL referees. The other team. Uh, they, they got ram roiled by the Patriots. By the way, speaking of the Saints versus uh, the Cowboys this weekend, how I, I, I could not for some... I was out of my mind during one of those podcasts where I talked about the, uh, the team, because I listened back to my podcast because I'm that narcissistic. But I was listening back to one of my podcasts and I remember saying that I wouldn't I wonder how many of the Saints fans are going to wear NFL jerseys. What I meant to say was NFL referee like t-shirts, the black and whites, right? Because I mean they did that during one game. Uh they did that against the Houston Texans and then it was hilarious. And then I think they went on to play I, I forgot who they played. They played the Rams and then they played Seattle and then they're gonna come back home against Dallas on Sunday night football. 
I I would I would love to see how many Saints fans are gonna wear those on T-shirts. I think it's gonna be hilarious. Eighteen, right? We might as well. By the way, um, wouldn't surprise me if Dallas loses this game. The defense hasn't played great for the majority of the season. And um, I think the Saints defense is very, very great. And I think we may see them in the playoffs. And usually if you're playing a team once and you beat them, you, you, lose, you usually lose to them later on in the season. So for me, I, if, I have to, if we have to play them in the playoffs, I want Dallas to lose this game. I want Dallas to lose against the Patriots because I think we may be playing them in the Super Bowl. I want them to lose against... I'm going to say this Sunday Night Football when Dallas plays up against uh, the Patriots in Foxborough. I'm going to say this straight away. I'm like, I want Dallas to lose this football game so that way they have perspective. Especially if they go up against the Patriots during the Super Bowl. They're gonna. They're not going to go 16-0. and They will... Like, the thing that annoys me sometimes against uh, about certain certain coverage of teams is whenever teams lose a game and then everyone sees uh says see 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 this is why this team shouldn't be shouldn't be um shouldn't be mentioned in one of the as one of the top teams in the nfl and it's like they lose one team one game and they go on a win streak of like two to three games and then that same person shuts the hell up they shut up because they're wrong because they lose one game and they're like oh my god uh they they freaking they they it's just ridiculous to me, this whole concept of, oh, you lose one game and now you're out of the playoffs or you're you're not as good as you think you were. And it's like, listen, if Dallas loses to the Saints and people are like, well, they lose to one good team, they, they only beat good, bad teams and they lose to the only good team that they play against, it's like, well, the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFL. They are. Like, Sorry. It's, it's the truth. Let's listen to Case prediction for the Super Bowl. By the way, they're predicting not only who's going to win it, but who's also going to go to it. Nate Burlinson had the Seahawks. That ain't happening. The Seahawks and the Browns, that ain't happening with him taking the Seahawks over the Browns. Um, Peter Schrager, Rams versus... Rams versus Mahomes? I think that's going... I, think, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it has a high possibility of happening because I think... One of those teams is going to be in the AFC or the NFC Championship game. So, we'll see about the Rams. I think it's a dead lock for Patriots versus Chiefs, depending on where they, where they line up when it comes to their, um, to their records. But it's probably going to be Patriots-Chiefs-AFC Championship football game. Rams, um, Rams, Rams is probably going to make the playoffs. They may be in the NFC. They may win. They may go to the NFC Championship game, but we'll see. Play that again right now because that's right. Representing the NFC, I've got the Saints, and in the AFC, it is the Chargers. I am doubling down in 2019. Ah, okay. oh, she shouldn't have doubled down. Ah. I'm like, good pick last year, bad pick this year. Chargers ain't making the Super Bowl. They are making the. I think the Houston Texans are better. I, if you ask me, gun to my head, put it to my head right now. If you told me, you better. Who has the better possibility of making it to the Super Bowl? The Chargers or the Texans? Chargers or the Texans? I'm saying Texans. I'm saying the Texans. I don't think that... I think here's, here's the teams that are going to go to the, uh, to the playoffs. Not to the playoffs, but here are the teams that have a strong possibility of going deep into the playoffs. And I know that that's just a bunch of fluff words, and, and you're wanting me to deal in absolutes, but I don't think any of this is absolute. 
I think a lot of it is subjective information, and a lot of this can change. Injuries can happen. Teams can teams can start slipping. Teams can like like there's a lot of stuff that can happen within now and the playoffs. So I want to be like I wanted. I want to be like as accurate as I possibly can without without necessarily like what's the word I'm looking for without necessarily have operating in absolutes because I don't think the NFL operates in absolutes either. I think it's very very fluid. I think it's very very water like, very in motion, constantly moving, able to flow through the cracks. I think a lot of this has to do with you know, the team mentality and who are the leaders at the end of the season and definitely not necessarily a static type of uh, type of theme. I think it changes. So I, I, I don't agree with the Saints versus the Chargers. I think the Saints, they do have a good chance, but I don't think it's the Chargers. I, like at all. Sorry, Kay. Who did, who did she predict to win? Saints. Pretty good pick by Kay Adams. I'm not, I, I don't hate her. I don't hate her picks. I don't hate her picks. I don't know. I don't hate, I don't hate her picks. And a quarterback who is going to make a jump this year. I believe the Chicago Bears are going to win the NFC. Way to play, Good job. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, did, did you seriously just say they're going to win the NFC? The Bears. The Bears. Best defense in the world. And a quarterback who is going to make a jump this year. I believe the Chicago... <sighs> Talk about wanting to bang my head against the desk repeatedly until I pass out or get severely concussed. The quarter, nothing from Trubisky. Trubisky, I should mention this. Trubisky is in his third year. He's in his third year. The guys that were taken in his draft, Mahomes and Watson, they have taken a big leap. But Trubisky, the guy who got drafted number two overall, or number whatever, how high he got drafted, he hasn't taken no leap. I don't care if he beat Washington this year. They had three interceptions on Case Keenum, one return for a touchdown. Most of them returned in the red zone. They pretty much put the ball in the end zone for Trubisky. But this is this is Brant's Super Bowl pick. Um, the team that's going to win the NFC this year, we're going to see them in a few hours right here in Chicago. I believe in the Bears. Call me a homer. I don't give a damn. I don't do that on no. this show. I see the Bears with the Rams. Yeah, you obviously don't give a damn because your predictions suck coach of the year the best defense in the world and a quarterback who is going to make a jump this year i believe the chicago bears are going to nfc way to play good job absolutely yeah he did thank you very much massive crowd in the afc i believe in the kansas city chiefs i do you know you want to talk about andy Reid? can't get over it can't can't do this andy Reid ain't never had a mother like mahomes like this before patrick (laughs) mahomes solved the new england patriots in the second half I'm not mad about the Kansas City. I'm I'm very very disappointed. I am I'm disappointed in Kay and Kyle's picks and Nate Burlinson's. I'm mad at all three of their picks. The only good pick, Peter Schrager. Why did none of them pick the Cowboys? <laughs> I guess that's what I'm mad about. I'm mad that they didn't pick the cow. I'm like, why did no, none of them pick the Cowboys? game. They had nothing for him. He needed one more drive. He didn't get it. I am seeing the Bears versus the Chiefs. Nagy and Reed. Reed versus Nagy, the Jedi, and, and, the, and the, the Padawan in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he picks Kansas City. I'm not mad at the Kansas City pick. I'm mad at the, the, the Bears. Really? Hashtag playing to the crowd. 
All right, we got two more uh, two more things to watch. I got two. The reason why I'm watching these is because. Oh God, Peter King. I mean, I'm just I'm just refreshing the page, and I'm just getting more videos. At some point, there has to be a cutoff, and that's not now. <laughs> that is that is. Oh my God, they have they have way more. What is this? Okay. No, let me go back to this. Okay. Let me go back to the top. So. Oh, man. Be great for your fan. Frick, hold on. See teams. Let me let me mute this. I'm getting an ad already, by the way. I'm getting an ad already. That's fun. Luckily, I'm not getting two ads. So, you know, there you go. Um, I want to see this guy's prediction. Oh my God, this video has eight eight point eight k dislikes, ten k likes. I mean, it's it's pretty much fifty fifty at this point. It's a lot of people dislike this. Let me um let me find out where he picks. Oh well. Oh wait. Go go back. Go back. Go back. He has Philadelphia's record. I already broke this down this uh this off season. I I I don't really want to break it down again. But I mean, I also understand that like. The data, the not the data, the information that I said was pretty much hidden between the, like, God knows how, like tens of hours of podcasting episodes. So I'm going to kind of fast forward through this and kind of give my brief statement. So he says that uh, Philadelphia is going 12 and four, like Cynthia Freeland and, or uh, Cynthia Freeland actually said 11 of five. Kyle Brandt said 12 and four. This guy is saying 12 and four as well. So let's, uh, let's see the freaking wins. Let me see the actual list. Step back. Get out of the way. Okay. So he says um, Washington is a win. It was barely though. In fact, it definitely should have been a loss. Washington put, should have pulled that game out of their ass, but they didn't. Um, Atlanta, that was a loss. The, the Lions, they're on a two-game losing streak. The Lions were a loss. And obviously Green Bay, and he has Green Bay actually as a loss as well. Jets, Vikings, they're wins. I'm not sure about the Vikings. We'll see, though. I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, Philadelphia, and I'm not even joking about this, I would not be surprised if Philadelphia lost to the to the Jets, by the way. That's how bad they're... That's how bad they are. That's how, Seriously, that is how bad they are. Oh, excuse me. The, um... The, uh... Oh, Jesus. His his list is so terrible. They're 13-3, and three, according to this dude, uh, with losses to Green Bay, Dallas, and Chicago. So, that's fun, but with, but with wins against Dallas in week 16, Seahawks week 12, Patriots week 11, obviously the teams that they've lost to Atlanta and Detroit, they should have won it. I would have said, yeah, they probably should have won those games, but against, I, I think I predicted like nine and seven was the record. It's probably going to be a little bit lower than that, to be honest with you, but 13 and three. Absolutely ridiculous. Let me see. What does he predict for the Cowboys? Don't tell me he's going to put them 9-7. and seven. Please tell me. He's, he, he should have them 10-6. and six, Unless he's done something terribly wrong. He he right now has them 9-6 and six going into week 17, which I think is absurd. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm watching another ad, by the way, which is why I'm not talking about the uh, the Cowboys roster. Don't you just love how many ads there are? I mean, it's an hour-long video, but still. I mean, I got back-to-back -back ads. Oh, yeah, he has him going 10-6. and six. I'm like, I'm about to just jump down this dude's throat. He has him going how they are right now, 3-0. and oh. 
right now where he has them losing he has them losing four of the three of the last four games against uh the bears the rams and the eagles and has them losing against the uh the patriots and the giants in week nine. Oh jesus I'm not overly mad about this because I did predict that they were going to go 10 of 6. If you ask me, because I, I kind of can't, like, when I look back at the schedule and I look at how good the team has played, now if you ask me, hey, 24, do you think they're going nine, uh, uh, 10 of 6 again? Um, I Honestly, I don't think so. I think they're, they may win 11, 12 games now, potentially 13 games with losses to maybe the Packers, maybe the Saints, Maybe the Patriots, and the reason why I say maybe is because I think those are good teams, um, but at the same with good players on them. But at the same token, I think they are. Um, I think we can beat them with the offense. I think our offense is very, very good. Our defense is improving. Um, but but those aren't the only teams. I think we could potentially lose to the Vikings. I mean, that's just a good team overall with the offensive line, the defense, the wide receivers. I mean, they got so the running backs, Dalvin Cook. So they, I mean, he's had a hell of a first start to the season. And um, yeah, I mean, I, the Bears are terrible because of Trubisky. The Rams could be a potential loss as well. I don't know. I think, I think they could easily go. I think they could easily win the minimum games, which to me, to me is 10 and six. And if you know, kind of quote tweeting, not quote tweeting, oh my God, kind of quoting Kyle Brandt, if if the Dallas Cowboys don't win 10, 10 games, which I think is a reasonable expectation to have, something's gone wrong. Something has gone wrong. They're making the playoffs, but if they don't win 10 games, something's wrong. Here's Peter King with his predictions as well. I've never seen this video. Let me, uh, let me watch it. Oh, this that's an ad. My bad. That's a stupid ad. By the way, this is an ad for a um, a nurse, a, a mom who has to work and stuff like that. She's a nurse or whatever. I kind of raise my hand and ask, like, she's doing all of these freaking errands, and I guess it's supposed to show her that she's the breadwinner or whatever. My question is, why isn't the freaking dude doing anything? Like, hey, get off your ass. Get off the freaking couch and freaking go help out your wife. Go get some freaking Applebee's. It's an Applebee's commercial. He's like, let, let me show you how good some of these. Uh, let me show you how 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 she doesn't need no man ever to uh, to do to. Oh my god, I, I don't know to, how she doesn't need no man ever to do uh, to to freaking get her some Applebee's to go do her job and go freaking go to Applebee's. Okay, so what is he saying here? What is he saying? Basically, make you say. What is Peter uh, King saying? So we reset everyone, Peter King, to zero and zero, and you have your playoff picks. Dun, we've, dun, we've, dun. we've gleaned some of your thoughts so far this show. I could probably guess a few oh, of them, Jesus. although I, all I have to do is look down and see all of them. Tell us who you have. Let's go one division at a time. Who are your four division champions? And then we'll get to the wild card picks. Uh, okay, NFC. I've got Philadelphia winning the East, Green Bay. Damn it. God. God. All the Peter King is an expert. Why do they like Philly so much? They're one and three. They're going to be one and three against the Packers. I will speak it into existence. They will be one and three by week's end. Dallas can potentially be three and one or four and up. Oh. 
either way, I'm pretty happy. I t- ah, t- ah, come on, Peter. He winning the North, edging the Bears. I've got the Saints winning the South and the Rams winning the West. Uh, wild card teams. Um, Cowboys. I've got, uh, who do I have? Better the say Bears. Cowboys. I drawn the 49ers. I, yeah, I got the Bears number five, and uh, I've don't, got. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare exclude the Cowboys. At uh, San Francisco number six. Let me not get angry. Let me not get. Let me not get emotional. Let me ask people questions. A, a legitimate question. Let me take off my glasses here. I don't even want to see clearly because I can't see clearly. I have to literally like wipe my eyes because it's like, what are they doing right now? Oh my god! Seriously, what? They they made this mistake when Trubisky came out of the draft they were like Trubisky you gotta draft Trubisky and it's like this is a this is why I'm so low on Daniel Jones because I saw Mitchell Trubisky and I was like I don't get it I don't get why people are so freaking high on this dude like I didn't see any of him in college you you have Deshaun Watson beating the stuffing out of Alabama for two straight years in a row and then you also have freaking what's their face um what's their what's his face Mahomes Beating the stuffing out of every NFL team in the league. And they're like, yeah, get get freaking Mitchell Trubisky instead in the draft. And they're still on him. They're still on his nuts. Uh, like, what what is going on? Why do they like him so much? He doesn't do anything good. He doesn't run the football good. He doesn't throw good. He doesn't make good reads. Mahomes and Watson make good reads, they make good throws, they make good decision-making. My God, why do they like this dude so much? He looks like a rookie playing in his first year, and it's and it's his third year. I, I'm so sick and disgusted with this list. I'm, I'm, the more I watch, the more sick and disgusted I, I get with just watching some of this stuff, man. I, there's so much I can take. Seriously. I mean, it's gone from this is hilarious and this is laughable to this is just borderline pathetic and sad. The Eagles ahead of the Cowboys. The Eagles ahead of the Jesus Christ. This is going to be... I, I can't stand this anymore. I cannot stand this anymore. This is the last video. This is the last one. I promise you. This will be the last one. As soon as it's over, I'm ending the freaking podcast. Because I, I cannot stand this mess.
Can't stand it. Here's Colin Cowherd and Nick Wright making bold predictions for the 2019 NFL Draft. So the Cowboys are all buttoned up. Uh, they've got all their players, Nick. And so I imagine you see them as a playoff team and uh, a lucky break from the Super Bowl, right? Uh, I do not. Listen, I think the Cowboys were drawing dead for the postseason if they didn't get Zeke in. They are now alive for the postseason in my eyes, along with nine other really quality NFC teams. And so when you're in a conference with 10 viable playoff teams in no particular order. Let me, uh, I'll let, I'll let this run. I'll let this absolute trash, this garbage just play. And then I'll dispose of it in a couple of minutes. I'll let it play and then I'll stop it at a specific time. And then I'll let, then I'll come, I'll let you listen to, I'll, I'll let you experience my frustration that I had to experience at the beginning of this season. Because I listened to every single one of these videos. Had to listen to them. And you know what? They kept on predicting Cowboys and Hart. And I forgot now how many people predicted. And Peter King is a surprise to me. I, I completely forgot how terrible some of these predictions were. I was like, you know, the, some, someone's going to predict the Cowboys make the playoffs. At least in a wild card slot. And, and he's like, oh yeah, the Cowboys, they'll barely make the playoffs now with Zeke. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of competition currently in the NFC. <clears throat> not only, not not in the division, in the NFC. Let me continue with this. Let me rewind it for you and let me play this garbage for you. They didn't get Zeke in. They are now alive for the postseason in my eyes, along with nine other really quality NFC teams. And so when you're in a conference with 10 viable playoff teams in no particular order, Philly, Dallas, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle, and the Rams, and that's leaving out your adorable, beloved San Francisco 49ers, you're going to have to make some tough cuts. I tend to err on the side of coach quarterback, don't love Dallas's coach, don't trust their quarterback, and even if they get into the tournament, unless something catastrophic happens with Carson Wentz, it will be as a wild card team, and there is no chance, none, in 2019, I guess then it'd be 2020, a Dak Prescott-led team is going to win three consecutive road playoff games. So, I, unless something happens to Wentz, I don't think they can win the division. I don't think they're going to be a wild card team. I think it's going to be 9-7 and seven and a good, not a great, not a championship level team. Now, you don't love Jared Goff, if I recall as much as I do, but I... Th- I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of looking at some stuff here. How long ago? That was September 4th this month. September 4th. September 4th this month. Uh, here is 15 days later. Nick Wright, uh, Chris Carter, Jenna, Jenna, I, I don't know her last name, and Bart Scott, the fake linebacker who said that he would release Dak Prescott and get Teddy Bridgewater. 15 days after, two weeks, two weeks after he said... Dallas isn't making, uh, Dallas isn't doing anything Carson Wentz is. 
Carson Wentz is better than Dak. Because they're the more complete team, they're a healthier team. You know, Jason Peters looked like he swallowed a little baby, man. I, I, I'm used to seeing him play big, and I love me some Jason Peters, but he looks like he's just finally... Sorry about that. Let me fast forward just starting a little bit. ...to slow down moves to, 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 to improve. You know, they're the master of the cap later in the season. I, I think, obviously, right now, if you were to do, like, what Colin does, like the herd hierarchy, if you do a power rankings, Dallas uh -oh, has oh to Oh, my be. goodness. Here he comes. No, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Jenna, it. Jenna, he's, he's, he plants a little uh -huh. seed. No. No, no, no. Uh, next got, thing you know, we've got a Knicks list coming up in about 20 minutes. After begging, after begging a few days ago, uh -huh, just no, like uh -huh, today. No, no, no. Just yep. reminding the producers it had been a while. Not the point. The point I'm making is, <laughs> if you, any NFL power rankings right now, well, across the spectrum, would I, I was watching the break. The break. Um, it is a cowboy uh, podcast. It's it's like a cowboy radio show, and they had. I'm, I'm going to turn it down just a little bit. Uh, they had a very, very interesting topic about the power rankings, where power rankings essentially don't matter. They're essentially for fans to hear people's opinions on uh, the sta the status of the league, right? I don't, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, if you've been watching or listening my podcast, which you should be, by the way. They're all good. Some of them are, some of them are better than others, admittedly. But in um in all of my podcasts, I haven't given a power rankings because I think it's stupid. Um, I think the college football playoff way of doing things is stupid. The playoff, like, I think college football playoffs is stupid in general. I think it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense how you can have, how, how for starters, how you can leave it up to random people, journalists and other, like, yeah, because we know journalists don't lie and they aren't unbiased, right? They're completely unbiased. They're a, they, they hire a group of experts or whatever and they it's just a completely stupid way of predicting who goes to the playoffs and who misses the playoffs and i absolutely despise it with a burning passion the nfl does it right and um in college football you have a power ranking system you have a system where it's like okay this team with these players that did this awesome thing to these other teams they deserve to be in the playoffs because of how much the, the the margins of victory, the teams they played against, da 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 da. In the NFL, that's that's non-existent. It's in fact, it's it's not even non-existent. It does not exist. Period. Saying it's it, saying it's non-existent is an under. It it's it is it is it is a unicorn. It is mythical. It does not exist. Okay, the power rankings they don't matter whatsoever. But. Um, People still love to give out their power rankings because they know that it's it's like a view thing. It gives them views or whatever. The Cowboys ahead of the Eagles, and they've earned that. Yeah. Just like right now, if you were doing MVP rankings, Lamar's got to be super high no matter if he was off the board before the season. They've earned that. But this question to me is more about, you mentioned Fox Bet has the Cowboys as the favorite right. for how this will end at the end of the season. I still have more faith in Philadelphia. As great as Dak's been, I have more faith in Philadelphia's quarterback, his ability. Now they got to protect him, and he has been getting. Yeah, they got to they got to protect him. You know, they got to protect him because he's apparently like China. He's like fine China. Carson wins. He, you know, you tap him and he breaks. You know, just freaking yeah. You got it. You got. <laughs> the first comment is whenever. Remember when Bart Scott said he'd take Teddy Bridgewater over Dak. Can somebody tell, this is another comment, can somebody tell me what on earth has Carson Wentz accomplished? I don't get it. Ruben, Vera, I don't get it either. Now I'm just reading the comments because they have more insight on, 
on on this situation than Nick Wright and Bart Scott do. Bart Scott loses all credibility talking about Dak and Teddy Bridgewater. It's not objective. It's disrespectful. No basis in fact or reality shaking my head. I, I completely agree. Keep Dak Prescott's name out of your damn mouth. It's one thing to be objective, but Bart Scott is just a hater. You can see him struggling to div, to give Dak any credit. Listen, I can see Nick Wright struggling to give Dak credit. I can see Bart Scott kind of give, doing the same thing. If I was watching all of these other shows, like I don't, I'm trying to cut back on these types of shows, to be honest with you, because I watch way too much of these shows, if I'm honest with you. But if, like all of these, a lot of people say this because they, they're trying to be what's it controversial and they also they honestly like he honestly believes this like that's a sad thing he honestly believes Wentz is going to win over Prescott and it's like bro Wentz lost again yesterday he lost technically two days ago because it's 1255 he lost again yesterday 1255 on a Tuesday he lost again on Sunday to Detroit a bad team. I mean, okay. If you started the season thinking Dallas was going to miss the playoffs, then dear God, you're aloof. Nick Wright did. Bart Scott. Great job for Bart getting the job at Fox Sports, bro. You are <laughs> you're smart. Bart Scott will explain why the Cowboys will pass the Eagles as the best team in the NFC East. The the Cowboys are already the yeah uh, the great great point. D Rock six nine zero six. The Cowboys already are the best team. I should have I should have said this before. The Cowboys are one hundred percent the best team in the NFC East. What are they talking about? Bart Scott said he's slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater. He's just a hater. I despise the Giants because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I give credit where it's due. Eli is a first ballot hall. Uh, he does make a good point by saying he's 2-0 against Brady in the Super Bowl. Bart Scott benefited from playing on those great defensive... Yeah, he did. He played on the Ravens and on the Jets, by the way. <clears throat> Got the big contract with the Jets, and you barely heard his name mentioned so to me he's slightly better than brian Bos. i have no idea who that is brian bosworth lit up and the cowboys dak has been totally clean i have more faith in philadelphia's coaching staff from head coach on down even though kellen moore seems to have done a an excellent job and i have more faith that what the eagles are dealing with a rash of injuries right now there, there might be three teams in the league all year that go through the end of the season and never deal with a rash of injuries i have more faith in the eagles ability yeah, uh, the dallas cowboys have a rash of injuries as well they've you know what it's funny that he mentions that. Dallas quietly had a, ri a rash of injuries last year. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick. Obviously, Travis Frederick with the autoimmune disorder. But there were some games where there were no pro bowlers on that offensive line. Just period. End of story. And then you had injuries to a lot of... Because a lot of people forget this. The reason why Michael Gallup started for the Cowboys uh, for the end of the season was because Terrence Williams was injured. He was on the pup list 
for the majority of the season. So the 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 entirety of the offensive line is eradicated. Uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys, they go from one wide receiving core to another. They scorch the earth with Dallas's wide receiving core. And um, who else? Sean Lee, he got injured again last year. And now this year, a lot of the defensive players, they're hurt. Byron Jones is coming off of a surgery, and he's recovering. So is DeMarcus. You have Xavier Woods. He's injured as well. You have uh, obviously Michael Gallup. He's injured again. Tavon Austin is injured again. I don't. And Tavon Austin was injured all last year as well. I don't care how little or how much he contributes to the offense. He is a starter in that. He he is supposed to be one of the starters for that team in a lot of scenarios. He is important to that offense. He is not starting because he is injured because he's in the concussion protocol. He so Dak is missing Tavon. He's missing Michael Gallup. Dak last year missed Jeff Swaim and pretty much had a he he was thrown to a rookie and a second year player for most of the most of the league. He didn't have a tight end at the position. Dallas had a rash of injuries last season, and they want to talk about they want to give they want to throw Carson Wentz a pity party. But when it comes to Dak Prescott, they want to give him nothing. And then you you look at best team in the NFC East, Cowboys or Eagles. Are you seriously telling me? I, I want. I don't think they talked about the Cowboys today. I don't think they did. But if they did, or the Eagles. But if they hold on, hold on. They did. They did. They one hundred percent did. I want to hear Nick Wright's excuse on this. I want to hear his excuse. Tell me why they did not beat the Detroit Lions. Tell me. Tell me why. It's a ten minute video. We'll watch this shit together. I, I can't stand this shit, man. I'll. I'll I'll click off once it devolves into they're just going back and forth. I want to hear his opening statement as to why Carson Wentz could not beat the Detroit Lions, who is probably going to finish bottom of their division. They are the only team that I am 100% sure of in that division that is not making the playoffs. I want to see what he says about why Carson Wentz could not beat Matt Stafford in Philadelphia. By the way... The uh, the Pittsburgh, not the Pittsburgh, the freaking, the Eagles are like the only team that had a home game that I think lost it on Sunday. The only team. All right, time for us to go viral. See, last week the Vikings put some of your best. Okay, so this is kind of a wash. They're talking about the Saints. Huh. Let's Let's hear them talk about the Cowboys. I want you to talk about the Cowboys. Put their name in your mouth. He had, like I can see in his teeth right now some humble pie that has been thrown in his face constantly. He's choosing not to eat it, but he will have to eat it eventually. Because it's going to become very, very obvious around week eight that the, that the Philadelphia Eagles aren't making the playoffs. It's been obvious for me for almost eight months that they aren't making the playoffs. Who got oh, yeah, he got his nose. His he got nose broke in pregame. Some player hit him with football. Kendricks. Kendricks about to catch another charge, man. All right, the Cowboys were favored by 22 and a half. I think there's a special points. on nose jobs and everything, man. Over Miami. Oh, you think Pete Caroline get a two for one, is what you're saying? All right, thanks, see. The largest spread week three, according to Fox Bet. They covered with a 31 to 6 win to remain undefeated. Ezekiel Elliott rushed the ball 19 times, 125 yards, while Dak Prescott added three touchdowns. See what you make of the Cowboys' performance yesterday. Good win. Man, it's not every uh, every Sunday you get a high school team to be able to play against. Man, the Dolphins. Uh, I was happy for Josh Rosen, though. He did look good playing the Dolphins. Rosen did play great. Showing up. Nick had said last one Wednesday, hey, 
Cowboys are 0 and 3. It's like 3 and 0. They're still yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was correct. <laughs> yeah. I had my crystal ball and I was correct. Congratulations. You can predict that the Cowboys are going to go 3 and 0 against the Giants, Washington and the Dolphins. I wonder how he's going to feel about them. Uh, against the Saints. I hope they bring back Bart Scott. I hope he says that Teddy Bridgewater beats Dallas and New Orleans. I hope he says that. I hope he says that. This is a great time for Dallas in this regard. And I know it's the competition. Everyone this year, you have an asterisk next to your Dolphins game. I get it. This was Dak's worst game of the year, and he was fine. Like, yeah. it's not like his worst game of the year was a disastrous game. He was fine. But when you get one... And, and, and it's kind of ridiculous to say this is his worst game of the year when they've only played three games, but... Yeah, if we're doing, like, ticky-tacky type of stuff, yeah, okay, it's his worst game of the year. He was 19 of 32 with, like, a 50% completion percentage, the worst completion percentage he's ever had, ever. Okay, Uh, 246 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. I'm watching the game, by the way, now. I stopped watching Bears versus Washington. I was like, get this shit off my TV. I'm watching Cowboy football now. And I usually try, by the way, I usually try to rewatch the Cowboy game um, every, after every single Sunday to see what Dallas did right, what Dallas did wrong. Maybe I missed something watching. I mean, I definitely missed some stuff watching the Cowboy game, simply put, because of my excitement. I'm a fan. I watch the game more as a fan than as kind of as kind of like analyzing it. But you know, I'm watching it again in the background. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty fun game in the second half. Not really in the first half. It, it was hard to watch it in the first half. And 100 from Tony Pollard, you're not going to have to do much. And so, yeah, Cowboys finished the softest part of their schedule 3-0 and the way they needed to mm-hmm. now the d-line starts coming back cowboys looking better than i think anyone realistically this side of skip bayless could have expected no um the cowboys look better because they are a good football team and i said this at the beginning of the year i didn't get why people were predicting the cowboys to to go to be nine and seven and miss the playoffs like what what let me let me let me re-listen to what Nick Wright had to say again September 4th 2019 literally three weeks ago right uh I do not listen I think the Cowboys were drawing dead for the postseason if they didn't get Zeke in they are now alive for the postseason in my eyes along with nine other really quality NFC teams and so when you're in a conference with 10 viable playoff teams in no particular order Philly, Dallas, Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle, and the Rams, and that's Lee. Carolina and Atlanta. Carolina and Atlanta are apparently playoff viable teams. They're already out of the playoffs week three. They aren't going to... Week three, they're out of the playoffs. Playoff viable NFC teams. Ten playoff viable. I mean, I barely even listened to it. I I was like, I didn't look at it deeply. I was like, there's no way that he could say anything more ridiculous than the Cowboys saying he's not... They're not going to the playoffs. Then he did with Carolina and Atlanta. Out your adorable, beloved San Francisco 49ers, you're gonna have to make some tough cuts. I tend to err on the side of coach quarterback, don't love Dallas's coach, don't trust their quarterback, and even if they get into the tournament, coach quarterback. I agree with the uh, the Jason Garrett thing, but 
he hasn't been watching Cowboy football these past three years, obviously. Obviously. And he certainly hasn't been watching Philadelphia Eagle football as well. Because he would have seen the primetime games where Carson Wentz just flopped against not only the Cowboys, but against a lot of other teams. He would have seen that interception that Carson Wentz threw uh, when, when his team had like three minutes left. They were down by 10. It was like first and 10 at the 46, 47-yard line of the Seahawks. Philadelphia was driving. They were down 10 points. But it's like you, the only thing that you can do is either score three points or seven points. You have three timeouts left. There's three minutes, 40-something seconds left on the clock. It's like all you have to do is just go down there and score in a timely manner. But Car- Carson Wentz, end of the game, winds up throws in double coverage towards the end zone to Nelson Aguilar, who's not a jumper, he's not a tall guy, he's not Alshon, he's a small guy, he's a burner, he's a speedster, and guess what? Picked in the end zone. Game over. Unless something catastrophic happens with Carson Wentz, it will be as a wild card team, and there is no chance, none, in 2019, I guess then it'd be 2020, a Dak Prescott-led team is going to win three consecutive road playoff games. So unless something happens to Wentz, I don't think they can win the division. I don't think they're going to be a wild card team. I think it's going to be nine and seven and a good, not a great, not a championship level team. Prescott led team is going to win three consecutive road playoff games. So unless something happens to Wentz, I don't think they can win the division. I don't think they're going to be a wild card team. I think it's going to be nine and seven and a good, not a great, not a championship level team. Nine and seven, good team. Let's listen. Let's let's continue with what Nick Wright has to say against uh, about the Eagles. As I turn it down here, let's see what he has to say about the Eagles. Let me let me hear let me hear his excuse as to why Carson Wentz couldn't beat uh, one of the worst teams in the NFL. They look great. And they kept Zeke healthy, and now he's fresh. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. Hold on, hold on. He said something about the Cowboys. Like, yeah. it's not like his worst game of the year was a disastrous game. He was fine, but when you get one... He said he didn't trust the quarterback. Why would... What's going on? I thought, Dak, I thought Dak was a terrible quarterback. This is his worst game of the season. I thought you said you didn't trust Dak. Why don't you trust Dak? Shouldn't you trust Dak now, 31-6? I, I was mad about the game yesterday, but I've cooled off and I realized how ridiculous it was for me to to say that the Cowboys. I mean, well, they 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 did blow them out. They did they did cover the spread or what? What's it called? They did get the spread in Las Vegas. The betting thing. They got it. It was ridiculous for me to complain that much. But Jesus Christ, man, uh, this is Dak's worst game, and they they beat the Dolphins thirty-one to six. 25 from Zeke and 100 from Tony Pollard. You're not going to have to do much. And so, yeah, Cowboys finished the softest part of their schedule, 3-0 and the way they needed I love to. how I love how he kind of takes a shot at Dak and the Cowboys saying they've completed their softest part of the schedule, 3-0, and and nobody besides Skip Bayless probably saw that they would play that. I raised my hand. Of course, I thought they were going to play this good in the sense of they would, they would beat these teams. I started and stopped saying this, but I meant to say, and I think it may have been 23rd, I don't know how long it, it was. Been, it should have been, but I meant to say this like 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour ago. I don't get why people said and doubted Dak Prescott's ability this year 
He has easily the best wide receiving core. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, when he returns, he's, you know, he's, he's hurt. Uh, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, Blake Jarwin, Dalton uh, Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Yes, I'm in count. Yes, I'm counting the running backs because they are pass catchers as well. Tavon Austin, Devin Smith. I mean, he's got 10 guys he can throw to and he will throw to those 10 guys. Make no mistake. He will. He has, he has, I think, uh, like five different five touchdowns to five different receivers on the season. So, but you know, only Skip Bayless saw this. Only Skip Bayless. Mm-hmm. Now the D line starts coming back. Cowboys looking better than I think anyone realistically this side of Skip Bayless could have expected. They look great. And they kept Zeke healthy, and now he's fresh yeah. legs moving mm-hmm. forward. On to the Eagles. Yesterday they hosted the Lions in Philly. Many expected the birds to roll, but they came up short, losing 27-24. The Eagles banged up, and the Philly receivers did not help out Carson Wentz. The team had seven drop passes, three offensive pass interference oh. penalties. CC, what'd you take away from the Eagles' loss yesterday? If Buddy Ryan was talking to him, he'd tell him he'd cut him. I remember playing a game like that where I dropped three passes. We had a team meeting. We won the game. He got up for the team meeting and said, good win yesterday, Chris Carter. You ever play like that again, I'll cut you. Uh, later on, he's going to cut me about some other stuff. But <laughs> Whatever. You do not drop that many passes in an NFL game. And what you start to see, drop passes are contagious. You start dropping them early. I'm going to continue see you with drop Nick Wright. I don't want to hear Chris Carter's soliloquy. I want to hear. I want to hear excuses. I love hearing excuses because then I just get to just rail into them. I just. I want to hear your excuse. Why did Carson Wentz lose the football game? Seven drop passes. So Amari Cooper, he hasn't had drop passes on the season. Dax receivers haven't had drop passes. When Michael Gallup was playing against Washington, it was a hard catch. Hard ball to throw, hard catch to make, but he could have made it. Do you hear me complaining about it? Difference between Dallas and and and, and Philadelphia. Dak doesn't let these drops bother him. Carson Wentz does. You have the defense create a handful of turnovers. I remember the first time someone told me yawning is contagious, that if you yawn, it makes someone else yawn. I said, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever no, heard. it's true. But you There's look it up, it's true. It. Chris has said drops are contagious... Forever. Now, there's not science behind it, but there does seem to be a hell of a lot of video evidence. That w- and it's one of the reasons you're so hard on some of the top flight wide receivers when they have a drop, because you've said forever, y- if you see OBJ drop a pass, Jarvis is more likely to. If you mm-hmm. see your best guy drop a pass, and I don't know why that's true, but it does appear to be true. Most athletes are visual learners, and visually, they visualize and they see it. Visually, I visualized the Eagles losing a very, very easy game. We all did. So why, why? So let me let me put this let me let me put this in perspective, right? So let me get this straight. The reason why the Eagles lost against the Lions in Philadelphia, that you have the dean of admissions at in Penn State screaming his fucking head off, looking l- looking. Like he's from from guy from the wrong side of town in Philadelphia, and you have the dean of Penn State University screaming at one of the most prestigious colleges in America, screaming his head off at a Philadelphia game. And you're gonna explain to him the reason why you lost that game against the Lions, easily a team that's not making the playoffs, one of the worst teams in the league. 
And by worst teams, I mean top 15. I think, like, I shouldn't say one of the worst teams. They're probably average. But an average team. 27-24. You're telling me the reason why you lost it was because your receivers dropped seven passes. Okay. Okay. All right. And they can see themselves because you see it on the Jumbotron and you see the uniform and everything. And for a fraction of a second, you think that could be you. So I, I close my eyes all the time. When I watch those drops, when I watch them on the film, I always close my eyes because I don't want my brain taking those pictures. And it's obvious. So you go to practices in the summer. One guy drops it, then the next thing you know, another guy starts to drop it. Very seldom do we see it like we saw it in the Eagles game, Nick. And, and you mentioned Aguilar. Aguilar also had a pass he caught that he then fumbled without being touched. It looked while turning. That was an enormous play before the half that led to the Lions being up 10 at halftime. The Eagles had, this was a game that the Eagles, much like the Falcons game, by the way, where they didn't play well, yet could have won despite themselves and couldn't get it done. Malcolm Jenkins makes a great play at the tail end of the game to block a field goal. What about Carson Wentz? That's all I'm, that's all I'm trying to get out of this. What about Carson Wentz? Because we're not, ladies and gentlemen, as I move over to charge my computer, it's going to be one hell of a long night for me because I got to record Hot Take Tuesday, edit it, release it by, you know, by the end of today, by, you know, nine o'clock this morning. Why is Carson Wentz not beating the Lions? Don't talk to me about his wide receivers. Don't talk to me about his offensive line. Don't talk to me about the defense. It is 27-24. You are down by three points. Your team is freaking driving. You have time. You have time. Why can he not win football games? He is getting paid over $100 million in the next four years. Why can't he win you a football game against one of the worst teams in the entire league? Because if you don't have the answers for that question, when the Giants get good, because they will be get good again, when Haskins becomes more developed, I was just reading, reading uh, Skip's tweet on the matter. I love reading Skip Bayless's tweets because uh, he has very, very funny and interesting perspectives, and I, he, he's a funny guy. He said he, he, there is no way he would throw Haskins in against the Bears defense in Chicago, technically it was in Washington, on a Monday night, on a, on a Monday night football game. Not to start the second half, maybe last few minutes versus backups in a blowout. You got Haskins. You got Haskins now. You got Daniel Jones. He, you know, Danny. What's it called? Dan, Danny Boy. Whatever his freaking name. Whatever they call him. You have all these guys coming into the NFC East. Then on top of that, let me pull up. Let me give you perspective here. Right? Against Carson Wentz. The time for excuses is over with. Who, uh, Peter Schrager said it on on. What's, what's it called? Good morning football. The era of excuses is over with. It's over with. They are one and two going into Thursday night football against the Packers where they will probably go one and three. I'm trying to speak it into existence. But you have, not the, in the NFC, you have young quarterbacks, you have the Rams with Goff, 
49ers with Garoppolo. We'll see if Garoppolo's the real deal later on. You have the Seahawks with Wilson. You have the Cardinals with Murray. Murray needs an offensive line. We've seen him shred defenses. We've seen him do amazing stuff. He needs an offensive line. We've seen that with Murray. We've seen the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, all winning a lot of games. All having young quarterbacks. Well, maybe maybe not young quarterbacks. Maybe not with that division. Maybe I I don't not with that division. Not with that division. Uh, Aaron is like fifty. He's like thirty five years old. Uh, Stafford is like in his thirties. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins, they may move off him. They may, but they may get a quarterback. Who knows? The Bears have Trubisky, but I don't know if he'll be there later on. And to be honest with you, I don't want him to be. I think he's the next Marcus Mariota, a quarterback who's going to be looking for a home uh, once his first contract extends. The Panthers, I think they got another guy, Kyle Allen. I think they also drafted Will Greer. They may have someone else. They have quarterbacks galore. The Bucks are going to be looking for a new quarterback. My point is, you have all these teams either looking for new quarterbacks or have new quarterbacks. As the Philadelphia Eagles, you need to have your damn quarterback. It's just that simple. You cannot. You, you can't just be like, you know what? It's his receivers are going to have drop passes. That's that's the reason why. That's the reason why he lost the game. Well, we know for sure, Alshon and Nelson they drop balls. You drop football passes, but you dance with who you came with. If they have drop passes, all right, fine, sure, whatever. But you knew they had drop passes. You knew they were. You knew that they were this way. All right. There's nothing that you can do to help them. You knew this, okay? So don't tell me. Talk, don't talk to me about drop, drop passes. Don't talk to me about the defense. Don't talk to me about the offensive. Don't even talk to me about the receivers. Because in this game, nobody gives a damn. I don't give a damn. In this game, in this life, nobody gives a damn. I don't care what he doesn't have. I, nobody cared Dak Prescott had two years ago. When he went 9-7 and seven and everyone was up in his grill, everyone was saying Dak is trash, Dak isn't the quarterback, everyone was just throwing Dak to the wayside. Nobody gave a damn. I don't care. Nobody cares. Why can't he beat the Lions? Let's let's try and let's try and get an answer from Nick Wright. Let's see let's see if he can come up with a legitimate reason, probably an excuse, as to why Carson Wentz cannot beat the uh, the, the Detroit Lions, one of the worst teams in the entire NFC. Gets returned inside the 25. Jenkins offsets his great play of blocking the field goal with an unnecessary block in the back. So Philly, instead of being set up, that was an awful call. Okay. That was an awful call. Okay, so... Yeah, that if, dude turned his back. If, if, fair <laughs> enough. It, whether it was the right call or not, the point I'm making is Philly looked like they were set up down three in, in field goal range. Touchdown wins it. Field goal forces yep. overtime. Now all of a sudden they're at midfield. And it also I, speaks to what kind of day it was for them. All day long. It was Philadelphia. It looked like they... Detroit. Nobody returns kicks for touchdowns in the NFL anymore. They have tried to remove that from football. Kick return touchdown for Detroit. Philly at home losing to Detroit. Now I know Detroit hasn't lost, so maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. But losing at home to Detroit when Dallas just coasting right along, yep. 3 and 0, Philly now 1 and 2 and you told us at the beginning of the segment. They play in Green Bay in 3 and a half days. Man, that's that's a good way to start 1 and 3 and to be up against it to start the season. Yep. At least he can kind of be self-aware. But nobody is telling me why Carson Wentz can't can't win these football games. Why why he is losing these football games legitimately 
Nobody's being honest with ourselves. Nobody's being honest and saying, and saying, just simply put, the guy doesn't have it. He doesn't have what Dak has. He doesn't have what Watson has. He doesn't have what Jackson has. He doesn't have what Mahomes have. And that's a winning spirit. Let me look up two games for you. And I'll... And hold, hold on. Before I do that, let me also look up this this uh, this funny video. Uh, Jalen Smith and Taco exchange jerseys. Let me let me see it. I saw it. Oh, it's not on the Dallas Cowboy YouTube channel. It's on something else. Hold on. There it is. It's on the Dallas Morning News' YouTube channel. Just gonna mute this YouTube ad. Sorry for that. This is taking so long. How long? Oh, three hours. Jesus Christ. Apologize for it. Oh, wait. Hold on. So, Taco and Jalen, they were good friends. Uh, I, I, I listen. I'm not mad at Taco. I love Taco. Well, don't 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 love him as a player, but you know he's he's a great guy. You know, to me, listen. He wanted he wanted to play. He didn't get to play. I get it. I get it. You know, I'm not mad at him for wanting out of Dallas, and he should have wanted out of Dallas. You know, it, it just sucks that he did not develop into the football player that um that I thought he could that we thought we could have. Uh, he could have been. So hold on, let me get the get. Let me get these two. Let me get these two teams. Let me pull up these two teams that I'm going to talk about when it comes to Carson Wentz. Frick, why can't I freaking? God. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. So here's the jersey swap with the two guys. A lot of intelligible information. They signed the jerseys. I mean, Taco is freaking writing a paragraph. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. He is writing a paragraph. You know what? I'm not mad at him. Any any Jalen jersey is a great jersey. That's knocking on wood. That's that's a future Hall of Famer. Even Jalen wrote a lot of stuff. Jesus Christ. So I got two two teams here, two records. And I'll end with this. I don't got anything else. I'll end with this. So when it comes to some of these teams, some of these organizations, right? Some of these teams. And some of these excuses that have been levied against Carson Wentz. For Carson Wentz, not against, levied for him. I look at his, I look at the teams that have some of these great receivers. Like, um, like the Browns and the Falcons and how they don't win football games. And then I look at other teams with great quarterbacks. I look at Dallas. I look at 
the Saints, I look at the Seahawks, I look at the Patriots, I look at the Chiefs and the Texans. Do you want to know something interesting about the Chiefs and the Texans? They're both missing key players on their teams. In the first game, they don't have Mahomes' stats. I don't know why they don't have Mahomes' stats. It doesn't really matter. In the first game, Sammy Watkins has nine receptions for 198 yards. Travis Kelsey, three receptions for 88 yards. Damian Williams, six for 39. Anthony Sherman, one for 15. LaShawn McCoy, one for 12. Blake Bell, one for seven. I don't know why they don't have Mahomes' stats, but they don't. Moving on to the Raiders versus the Chiefs. Demarcus Robinson, 6 for 172. Travis Kelsey, 7 for 107. McCole Hardman, 4 for 61. Sammy Watkins, 6 for 49. Damian Williams, 3 for 48. Then, this past Sunday against the Chiefs. McCole Hardman, 2 for 97. Kelsey, 7 for 89. Watkins, 5 for 64. Darrell Williams, 5 for 47. Demarcus Robinson, 3 for 43. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, 3 for 26. Some of these guys, McCole Hardman, Darrell Williamson, Darrell Williams and Demarcus Robinson, I don't even know. I've never even heard of these guys before. And Mahomes is putting up a 374-yard, three-touchdown game, 27 of 37 type of game against the um, against the Ravens. 33 to 28, by the way, if you're wondering the score. Then I move on to the Texans. And I look at Watson. Hopkins, 8 for 111. Fuller, 2 for 69. Kenny Stills, 3 for 37. Duke Johnson, I think Johnson is a, yeah, he's a running back. Four for 33 at uh, Jordan Aikens, one for 17, Carlos Hyde, one for two. And the loss against the Saints. Then they played against the Jaguars. Five for 40, uh, Hopkins, five for 40, Fuller, four for 40, Stills, two for 38, uh, Aikens, 2 for 25. Darren Fells, 1 for 9. And Kiki Katui, 2 for 7. Then against the Chargers. Kenny Stills, 4 for 89. Aikens, 3 for three for 73. Hopkins, 6 for 6. Uh, oh my God. 6 for 67. Fuller, 5 for 11. Darren Fells, 5 for 49. Duke Johnson, 2 for 22. Okay, take Dak out of the equation when it comes to Carson Wentz. Is he as good as the quarterbacks that most people would compare him to in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? I'm a little bit tired tonight, so I'll leave the answer to that question up to you. Sorry about that. 
It's checkout time, baby. Listen. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I have been 24. You can find 24's podcast on Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, Overcast, literally anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find 24's podcast. PSX will be tomorrow. Coverage starts 3 o'clock. Talking like it's a football game. It's not. I will talk about it maybe a little bit after until my next video. Oh my God, I feel like I'm doing it. Until tomorrow, I'll be having that. I'll see you then. I'm-